Yeah, today talking to Uliana Yelina, she is born in the Soviet Union and is currently living in the Czech Republic. Uh, she sings in a party band, the best party band in Europe, um, Aurora Party Band. And uh, it's a band that is booked all around Europe for corporate parties, weddings and different kind of things. Um, well, we talked a little bit about that, not so much actually, because she told me more about her background in the Soviet Union. Her family life that wasn't always very uh, bright and uh, how she got out of Russia and uh, why she wanted to leave. Uh, what she thinks about Russia today um, after the fall of communism. Um, yeah, and, and, and a lot of different things. Um, you know, she's a very active, active woman. She does a lot of different things. She's a former beauty queen. Um, she was a customs officer in Russia. They've told me some really interesting stories about that and the corruption that goes on there. Uh, she's been an actress, um, and yeah, she's a mom and a girlfriend as well. So yeah, very interesting talk. Uh, Uliana is a very nice person. I really enjoyed talking to her. I hope you will enjoy listening to her and me. Uh, sponsors, Alfred Jobs, Alfred.cz and Alfred Jobs in the App Store, available in uh, Czech, Slovak and English. And soon, I think maybe actually now Russian as well. Uh, jobs all around Czech Republic and Slovakia and uh, you can set up a profile that's like your online CV then you can set up a watch that sends you like uh, all the jobs that are relevant to you and then you can apply with one click super super easy to use and very private because nobody knows you're there so you can search while you're still working somewhere else and keep smiling at your boss pretending that you're gonna stay uh, the old bar Prague um, on Cypher Tower 21 in Shishkov, um, super popular, great ratings, reviews on Facebook, Google, and uh, delivery services available for, you can eat in there, but it's a takeaway place. I mean, you can stop by and eat, but um, order home also on Walt and Bolt, great oatmeal, amazing gear, healthy goodies, good coffee, great smile, good service. Um, I'm very unbiased when I can say that this is my favorite place in Prague. So if you're visiting Prague, to all my listeners abroad, then um, you have to check out the old bar. Uh, and yeah, la, the music on the show is, is Sol Stavir, a band from Iceland, and uh, 13 in the intro. That's another band from Iceland, ro written in romantic letters. Uh, please remember to subscribe to the show. Uh, check out my uh, YouTube page as well. And uh, yeah, review me on Google. Show me some love. Bunker, Uliana, how are you? Hi, <laughs> I'm good, thank yeah, you. Yeah, your name is you? Uliana Elina. Actually, it's Yelina, but they wrote it the wrong way, so mm. I, I became Elina, and a lot of Czechs thinking that this is my name, so, so uh, it's and you're, confusing. You're, it's a Russian name? Or? It's Yelina, Yelina. Some say that it's a Jewish family name. Some say it's no, it's completely Russian. So I honestly, I don't know. 
It's just Uliana Yelena. Uh-huh. And who wrote it wrong? Uh, <laughs> in the Russian police, like which who the registry? Uh, yeah, yeah, they, who've been uh, helping me with the passport, like to travel. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, okay, but but as a as a kid, you were called Yelena with a J, or or yeah, like it, in Russian, there is no J, but like it just sounded Yelena. It's just uh-huh. sounded this way. But if you would write it in English, yeah, it should start with a J mm-hmm. or Y. Like it's it depends. You you're. Um, you're a little bit of everything. I mean, you are a teacher. You're a former beauty queen. I mean, yeah. you're you're beautiful still, but you, you. You, you, your title is old, uh, very old. Uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> um, you were a customs officer. You're a translator, actress, and then you're also a musician and a mom and a girlfriend, and you sell bakery like factory bakery lines. Yes. Is there more? I mean, <laughs> probably I will not remember right now. No. Oh God. Uh. Probably we'll stop on that if yeah. I will remember something else. Though. But you, you're a mixed bag. You do a little bit of everything, right? Yeah, yeah. I just needed to find the way to survive. So I just tried in some way everything or everything tried me. I don't know, because a lot of things just happened. Mm. And I was not planning them to, to be this way. But I'm happy that they've been this way. <laughs> and, but, but you also told me that, that uh, when we were talking previously that... that your hobbies always become yeah. a job some mm-hmm. or, 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 or business somehow. Yeah, because actually I don't... Like the only hobby I saw in my life, uh, it was my dad's hobbies. And it always like stayed hobbies. He was, for example, he was craving from the bones or stones or he was doing jewelry for my mom. And it, he loved it. Mm. And my sister became an artist. So because she loved to draw and they like... My parents thought, okay, so maybe she will enjoy it. So they put her in art school, and in the end, she became an insanely talented artist. So, in but kind of the same thing with me. Singing was my hobby, mm. but through life, I just finished just to do that for a living, which I'm incredibly happy for. You know, everyone says that you're happy when you are going like with a smile in the morning to job, and with a smile you're going. Even uh, like in the evening back home, so mm. it means that you're completely happy. Mm. So I I hope I am <laughs> <laughs> in this meeting. You're born in in um, in the Soviet Union a uh, few years before the fall of the Iron Curtain. Not Curtis. much, few years. I was born in 1980. Yeah, and uh, it fell down 11 years later. So I remember. Yeah. I, actually, there was on 21st of August. It was the anniversary of yeah. the <laughs> exactly. And 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 you know you know exactly which minute you were born. Yeah, because I saw it in my card like <laughs> seven forty in the morning. <laughs> yeah, but does it have any meaning for you? I mean, are you into astrology or something, or is uh, there some? So I am interested in those things. Why not? You know, it's just always it's it will not harm you anyhow. So I just trying to collect as much information as I could and just think about it later, or mm. to try to find some like analogy or coincidence in this it it just it's just fun for mm-hmm. me yeah because usually uh, you know i get i get some fact sheets from from people yeah. and and uh, and it's usually just what year in your case <laughs> it was the minute you <laughs> know like i'm okay that's impressive um <laughs> thank you and yeah and you were born in, Mo- in moscow mm-hmm. um and uh, as you said like 11 years before the mm-hmm. end of, of of communism or, or yeah. end of the soviet union yeah. let's say um, how 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 do you recall that? I mean, how do you recall that time? 
like first what I what I kind of recall as my childhood memories anyhow connected to the uh, communism structure Mm. is that I've been in some sanatorium when I was little in in winter and we've been living there as a group of kids and we've been there alone like I mean with the stuff but without parents and we had a huge red some banner in uh, in our canteen where we've been all eating and playing and they've been for sure written something some propaganda shit on it definitely but the last word was slava slava it's a glory Mm-hmm. And we thought that this is the n- we've been excited because <laughs> that Slava it's the also a name in Russia and we had a boy in that group named Slava and we've been so happy for him that he has and his name. own flag. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I didn't put those things together. I I took it as a part of of just every day around me. Of course, I love those. Uh, they call it demonstrations, like those celebrations on those communist mm. uh, holidays and because it was colorful it was fun it was some something exciting mm. and but i was not thinking about it as like as a kid of no it's no. just holiday it's mm. awesome mm. or for example when i started to like school on every uh, like working book on every sheet what you got there was in the back there was the hymn of soviet union Mm-hmm. And you're just reading it because you're bored on the lesson. So you're, n- and of course, everyone knew the words. I still remember the words, old ones. <laughs> just you're not, you're just reading it as a, as a text. You're at least me. I was not putting anything into that, like mm. something crazy. Uh, but I remember, I uh, was thinking that it was kind of a little bit weird. We had a book at home, which was completely propaganda, beautiful book for kids about the. Rep- Publics who yeah, like inside of Soviet Union, and someone or told me or something that there was more one more republic. But and that book was beautiful because every republic was presented as a young, beautiful woman in their national like Costume, w- costumes yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful, and I remember thinking like, if they're all sisters, how it says in the book, how one sister can drop out? Mm-hmm. Like I don't remember what. Republic was it? I don't remember, but I remember that question. But it was like a kid's questioning yeah, the structure of yeah, family, and yeah, it just yeah. nothing, nothing connected as well with ideas or anything else. Mm. Even uh, <laughs> when I was in second or third grade, so I was around like eight years old. I was playing a school play, mm. which were uh, ruled by by teachers, and I was playing the girl that uh, we were been playing the story how the red uh red tie hood. uh no no red uh-huh. tie of russian pioneers like was uh like uh, developed or how to say it like Ti- how it was tied or how no, it was no, no, created like, uh, how, how it was created uh-huh. like where it came from why pioneers like uh, Soviet pioneers, yeah uh-huh. how the thing and the story was that uh, there was some girl in some village or some... I don't remember the, the details, but the thing was that it was some simple girl from the village and he had uh, that uh, head... Uh, scarf. Scarf, mm. red one. And Dzerzhinsky, the head of uh, KGB, you know, <laughs> that somehow he was there, something happened, and um, he kind of awarded her... He just put it from her hat and put it to her neck and said that you will be the first Russian pioneer and you're 
like amazing kid, whatever. And we've been playing it as a, again, as a play. And I, I have no idea who is that Zerinsky, mm. who are those people, what actually had happened. Because first, you don't talk about those things. Mm. Like definitely my family never talked about around me about those things. And second, that I- it's just, again, um, can you uh, probably the best um, allegory to to uh, try to imagine kids who who are going to church, for example, every Sunday. Mm. So those preachers, the God, yeah, it doesn't really mean anything. No, to yeah, you. but they're taking it's it there. a part of their mm. life. It's just there. Mm. It's just the way it is. Mm. So it 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 was kind of the same feeling. It's just there, and it should be there. But I was thinking as a kid that because of propaganda, of course, books, that Le- Lenin was like sweet, you know, old dude, you know, and blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> so it was kind of funny to think about it right now. But, uh, but, but when, did it, when did you then realize or when did you feel that you realized that? Much more later. Yeah. But I think I started to realize it when uh, after the, the Soviet Union collapsed mm. because they opened their archives. And I remember... Uh, my mom was uh, talking with my grand-grandma, she was still alive, that they would go there and request the information about the Mm grand-grandpa. Because in uh, 1937, they, yeah, I think, yeah, uh, they took him, they just came, actually, he just disappeared. And when my grand-grandma, who'd been 22 years old, she had two kids already, um, she tried to find him or it was some situation that someone from the village, some higher... Uh, mm. uh, someone connected? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they came to her house and started to take away their everything they had. Like their belongings, their equipment, because they had horses. Like they've been mm. not, not rich, but not poor. Mm. So they had something. <coughs> and they started to take everything away. And she tried to protect it. They told her that, do you want to disappear as your husband did? Mm -hmm. And she didn't know many years, like, what happened with him. They burned her house. She, like, lost everything. She was spending then, uh, like, she went to the city to work from the village. And my grandma and her brother, which were small, they stayed in the village. And when the war started, uh, Germans took them to the labor camp in uh i think in belarus but thanks god they survived and they walked back home so that's actually a miracle story for me uh, so in 1991 mm. um uh, they said like come on let's let's find out mm. and my grand-grandma many many years after mm. she said like i will not go because soviet like soviets didn't do anything bad to me Mm-hmm. So the fear is so deep. Strong, yeah. It's so crazy. And then I started to think, like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what the hell mm-hmm. is that? But also, when I was around 15, we had an amazing teacher in school of Russian literature, like Russian language. And she gave us Solzhen- Solzhenitsyn books mm. about the gulag, about the prisons, about everything. And there as well, when you finally get access to to those things because there was no internet or anything about it you started to think about it more and actually anyway the most i think about it nowadays like around 10 years ago because in russia the situation is repeating mm. completely almost well, not almost the same but very 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 close mm. unfortunately 
It's interesting because I mean, a lot. I, I I mean, yeah. I think there's a lot of these horrible stories mm. that 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 come from this time, and as you were saying with Lenin and 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 with Stalin as well. I mean, these these were leaders that that did horrible things to their own people as yeah. well. Um, but not that I want to excuse them. But if you then actually look around what was happening, let's say in the 18th and 19th century around Europe, and and how. European empires were treating their colonies and so on. It's horrible. Yeah. It it actually wasn't much better, you know. It, no, it, it was it not. It wasn't. So, and 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 it's interesting because of course the history is always written by the ones that won, yeah, you know. Yeah. And 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 somehow, um, you know, communism has lost, and 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 the yeah. I don't know capitalism mm -hmm. has has won somehow, yeah, yeah, you know. And and. Uh, but it had the, the the same methods in a way, mm. yeah. A little bit. That's that's the thing they've been telling about it. That's why for mm, black people in America, it's so hard to to speak out about their rights because from the very beginning they've been different. They've mm. been so different. They've mm. been different by looks. They've been different by mentality, by language. So kind of Europeans or newly Americans, they've been not treating them as a humans or equals only because they've just been so different. Mm. And that's why I don't understand how it's even possible that in Russia or Soviet Union in those days, people can treat, treat each other, the family members, the friends, like today someone is, you know, very good friend to you and tomorrow he can really like tell on you or kill you. This is scares me. This yeah, but I, I, th I agree with you because I think even here in the Czech Republic, you still see um, kind of um, how do you say the leftovers of this, mm -hmm, or, mm. or or in the in the nation's um, culture, because it's really for for me as a foreigner, it's very f fascinating to see that there is a lot of like this protocol of politeness, you know, yeah. like that you come into the doctor's office, you can say good morning to everyone, but but it's the same people that you would actually push out of a tram. If they're in your way, you know, because you you need to exit and you don't give a shit. If they're eight year old, you will push them out, or you will scream at them from your car. So there 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 is this kind of a society protocol about you know mm -hmm. being polite, mm -hmm. but it it actually doesn't go very deep. People are very quick to turn against each other yeah. and tell each yeah. other that they're idiots. Yeah. And I sometimes have a feeling that that some people here don't even like themselves. It might happen. I th that's it's a good point because uh, it's actually everything like that. When you're not liking yourself, it grows from your childhood. For mm. society, it grows grows from your childhood society when you just started mm. or been evolving like a society. And when you've been abused or like threatened as a society, it mm. will stay with you. Mm. And even everything around it already will go away, but you will stay with your. You're fears. still the same you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so how was it like you, you, um, do you have a big family? I mean, you had a great grandma, you had a grandma, you had obviously parents and you, you mentioned a sister. Yeah. Was it a big, big household? Or? Not much big. I was living with my sister and my parents mm -hmm. uh, until I got married and to escape actually to <laughs> my parents' home. Mm. My sister as well, but she went very far. She married the guy from States, a uh, Russian guy, but like she just went to States. Mm. And she never wanted to stay in Russia, and um, but we all, all like always had the the those high how to say those 
relatives around, like cousins, mm -hmm. like second cousins, mm -hmm. third cousins, and those people. Because my grandma is incredibly friendly. She still is in a contact with everyone who is still alive. And thanks to her, actually, I know about those people and somehow I... Uh, I'm in touch with them sometimes, and they're very nice. But of course, everyone is living different lives. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But I was incredibly uh, interested in my family tree when my son was born, and I was mm. like, "Oh my god, I have to collect it for him." So I did collect it, but the, not the main uh, ancestors, unfortunately, mm -hmm. because for this you have to go to archives or pay archives. And I tried everything. They the one archive just find very little information, and. Other archives, they're incredibly far in Russia, so I could not reach them or something. It's just somehow, even nowadays, when the internet and everything, I could not just do that. Or, for mm. example, some archives say, no, 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 you, someone has to just come by your name and fill some form. And I was like, who will come? And, and for example, that archive I was contacting, it was next to Baikal Lake, you know, it's yeah. incredibly far. That's in Siberia, right? Yes, and I was like, mm, I don't know even people there. But it doesn't matter, it's just something that yeah. actually I'm happy I didn't do yet, that I will maybe, when I will have time, finally to do something from... <laughs> you know, just then you will investigate the family tree. Yeah, I will, I will finish that topic. But you, you, you get into music kind of early. I mean, music yeah. was your interest. You said your sister was into drawing and mm -hmm. you were into music. Was there music in the family or was there... What was My the dad played bass uh -huh. and, uh, and actually no one was before, like, or I don't know about anyone who would be in a music music, but mm. we had really great records at home. We had vinyl and we had Mary Mathieu, Whitney Houston, Barbara Streisand... The Beatles, obviously. So, like, the classics. The, mm. Like, very quality, like, top-notch classics. And I think that's started my feeling that, oh, my God, I like it. Oh, they, that sounds amazing. Mm. But later on, of course, my parents put me in a musical school just that I will be somewhere. <laughs> because it's just every Soviet kid has to go to somewhere. Mm. And so that's, that's still the same. And uh, I started there. And when I was six years old, I um, started to learn how to play the guitar in music school. And also I had choir, uh, music grammar, and a music literature. Mm. <laughs> when I was so little, I really didn't get it, what they're trying to tell me. I was too, like I was six, seven, you know, eight years old. I, I just didn't get it. Mm. So I finished, uh, I graduated when I was 12 from music school. I could play the guitar. I still can. But I'm like a robot. So they give me notes and I played. But I didn't know the chords. It still amazes me. So when I joined the band in my uh, high school, when I was 14, they took me only because I could play, you know, with my fingers. Because mm -hmm. everyone else <laughs> knew maybe you just played the chords. Yeah, you should have played the, the bass, maybe. I mean, that would have been great. Pro but no one those days, you know, I had one friend who was a drummer when she was 15. And I was like, whoa, that's like... Mm crazy girl drummer it was not those times you mm. know that i never saw serious musical instruments until i was i don't know 20 mm. like 18 something like that because in a musical school you cannot touch much it's very strict education you have to just to play this from a list and nothing <laughs> else right but now it's but much more better but the the these times, you know, like so, you're eleven when the when the Soviet ends, or yeah. and uh, and then 
Uh, you mentioned that you know you had a great music collection at home, mm-hmm. and and you start playing guitar. I mean, I, if you would have, if I t- didn't know, you know, then I would have thought, oh no, you started piano or violin mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. more classic, you know, because like Russia was never or Soviet Union, you, you never associate that with pop music or yes. rock music. You know, you kind of more think <laughs> it about it was prohibited mostly, so yeah. that's why. So this this must have been a big big change when you all of a sudden can do all oh those God, things yes, you yes, know yes 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 actually i could just would mention that i didn't uh, play piano because we just had apartment which were 42 square meters mm-hmm. for people so there was just simply no place for a piano so that's why guitar was an option mm-hmm. and um i remember when uh like everything collapsed and the you know doors kind of started to open and there was like new TV channels and they started to show, you know, music videos, which were completely like, wow. And uh, I remember that. Mm. And also I remember that I've been going uh, to the huge bookstore in Moscow and on the second floor, they've been selling uh, like secondhand English music magazines and they had notes in them. Mm-hmm. And it was the only option to find out what the hell is, you know, someone mm-hmm. is playing in this song. So I was going there. I was just trying to dig out songs of what I like, what we can play. Anyhow, I was recorder. I was uh, I had a cassette recorder on my desk when I was doing l- like homework and it was always on. So I think I learned how many songs even from there because it's just constantly been playing in front of me. And every song I loved, I just had the uh, em- like uh, empty cassette uh, in the deck, so I was just pl- playing rec- like push and record, and I was mm-hmm. having those songs what I like at least in horrible <laughs> quality. Yeah, yeah. But it was cool, and this is it. It was my everything. And it's you know, a romantic thought, you know, like it's a I, I because I had the same, you know, recording really? s- recording songs <laughs> from the radio, and and then yeah. you know sometimes the fucking radio host started talking in the, yes, in the middle of the, the song, and you were like, oh, what the fuck, you know, <laughs> but. Um, but what was your, what music did you like? I mean, what what was your, and 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 what of the new stuff that kind of came when yeah. you, were, yeah. But what was was it Whitney Houston or what kind of caught you? You know, uh, like those days when I was just listening to the radio, it was Genesis, it was Bon Jovi, it was Roxette, mm-hmm. it was kind of like those pop, top pops. Uh, then of course Green Day, then of course Nirvana, mm-hmm. then of course Offspring, then of course Prodigy, and uh, those it it got it just escalated, yeah, yeah. escalated. Yeah. Plus I was fifteen, sixteen, in the end of nineties. So of course I was in my teenage years in that rage, and I loved uh, how. But I've never listened to the metal bands. I but I love the the emotion. I love the energy in a song when you just can just shout out something which is really inside of you. And uh, it somehow resonated with me. Mm. But and and and, was, and you wanted to be a musician, or or, or I or was dreaming to be a singer. And what about your parents? Were they dreaming about the same? Were they supporting no. you? Or <laughs> no, uh, my mom, uh, who was the uh, how to say the main mind in the family. Mm. Uh, she first she I don't think she even knew how I sing. Uh, so she was. Probably focusing on what people in from a musical school will tell her about me, and they never said anything. Mm-hmm. Actually, they didn't know because I was not singing in a musical school. I was just playing the guitar and playing and uh, singing in a choir when no one cares. And then I was in that kids ensemble, whereas there was a choir as well. It was like thirty kids on stage who've been all singing, and 
<laughs> and uh, and they like more the idea that I can hold a, hold the guitar, I can play something, and I I'm still little, and everyone like oh she's so cute yes, and only and she she felt proud. But when I started to really talk about it, the 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 worst mem- like the worst that's a trauma. <laughs> Uh, which connected with a memory from my childhood when I asked my parents, I had it even some, in some diary, that I asked him to buy me a synthesizer. Like mm. the, yeah, like the because, like, no. because I, I didn't feel the guitar. I could not, I was hearing music all the time in my head and I couldn't put it out on a guitar. Into, into the instrument, I just couldn't. Yeah. So it was, but on when I saw the keys, I can at least like somehow, you know, orient in that. But they said no. And <laughs> and that's that's the story ended this way. And when I was graduating from um, from a high school, uh, the, in Russia it's this uh, this way that at when you're six or seven you're entering the high school, you're studying for eleven years, and after that you're going straight to the university. Mm. Or after nine years you can go to college and then to university. So I started eleven years. I graduated, and um, I was like last year. It's always like. That year when everyone is deciding what's what to next. do. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like 17, right? 16, uh, 17. 15, 16. 16. Uh, 16, yeah. 15, 16. And I was telling my mom that uh, I would love to do music, maybe. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she said, uh, mm. so you will go to Niet. conservatory. No, it was it was worse mm. because she's, she's an incredible manipulator in this, uh, that she said, okay, so you will go to conservatory. In, in Russia, conservatory is a university. Mm. And I was thinking, no one told me that, but I was thinking that in conservatory, only the, I don't know, the geniuses are going there. The people who are really have I mean, the word, the word sounds like that. Conservatory. Yeah, yes, I and mean I, was like, I was like, I, I, I don't have a talent. I just have some, maybe some, I don't know, some small skills or just wish to have those skills. And I was saying, no, because I'm just not good enough. And I was telling my mom, probably, like, no. Meaning that they will not just even take me. Why mm. I would go there? And then she was saying, so then where? In the bar? And because in um, uh, it's that it's still we will I think talk about that. It's still this way that if you sing somewhere in a restaurant or in a bar, it's almost equal that you're a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And it was enough. And I said, of course, no. So that it's and I don't know even why she said it to me when I was fifteen. How like what? But I, I just realized that there is no conversation about it. And one day she came and said, okay, you should be so happy. I put you in a customs academy. Customs academy. Yeah, customs academy. It, she didn't put me there, but it's Russia, so you cannot get somewhere without connections. So she had some connections. She talked with people, and they've been just waiting for me there. And I went to, you have to pass three exams to enter the university, because it's, it's academy, academy, New York like University. And I remember that when I was writing the essay, I was doing like mistakes, like myself, like that will not take me. That it will be so bad. You're trying. You're trying to yeah. fail. Yeah, I'm trying to fail of all, mm. of all costs. And also, I just I didn't mention I was when I was even younger, when I was around eleven. Also, I wanted to become a writer, so I I was writing a lot. I was. Um, uh, I even won the literature contest and I was getting even some small 
uh, uh, how to say it, a scholarship. Mm. <laughs> so I was fine with writing, but for for me it was kind of like, oh, <laughs> I have to do a mistake. I have to write it really bad <laughs> that they will not take me. But they took me, obviously. And it so that says a lot about the, st- the standard of customs school. If if you did your worst <laughs> but still got in, exactly, it's it tells a lot of Russian structure in general. But why 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 would what I don't know. I mean, most parents want their kids to be, I don't know, like uh, doctors or lawyers or some some boring stuff like that. And and your your mom wanted to be a customs officer. Yeah. Was there any? Any logic, any bigger thinking behind it, or is it just a secure job with the government? First, as you said, it was a secure uh, job with the government. And second thing, it was incredibly prestige, uh-huh. because it was the newly founded academy. It was only three years kind of existing. It was very limited number of people taking in. Uh, that you have to enter the government system and they kind of you will be protected later that they will find the job for you they will put you in a place and blah 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 so in her mind probably it was like it's awesome yeah you yeah. just you enter once and then you never have to yes, worry again exactly so but for me it was like my god it's horrible it's really horrible but about this, like, because, you know, like, I think a lot of people, when they think Russia, they think corruption. And I mean, uh, you don't even need to think Russia. I mean, here in the Czech Republic, there is still a lot of corruption. And there's a lot of corruption in public offices. Yeah. You know, like you slip a, yeah. a little bill with your ladder to a public office and then p- things get solved. Yeah. Was that, I mean, do you think that that, like, to be a customs officer in Russia would come with some benefits of being able to confiscate stuff and oh take it home? Oh, my God. It will. Oh my God, it will. That's why I hated that because it was so full of lies. Like you're sitting on lectures, you reading about those customs law, you know, and those kind of shits. And then you coming to the, we had like practice uh, Mm. in the end of uh, every year. And first time we're coming on practice and everything, what you see just tells you the complete opposite, that that system does not work, that those people does not live for their paychecks. Like it's no, no. So first, for example, a red flag was that we should work with the real customs documents because in in academy they've been just showing us the empty forms and you have no idea what the hell is this. Mm. So the practice was for the things that you will find out. And we never saw any official custom document. They will never gave it to us. Mm-hmm. It's a, it was a first red flag. The second red flag was for me that once the just guy uh, from the... So we've been uh, we've been on a small um, how to say like office uh, customs office which are next to the uh, three biggest Moscow railway stations and so they had to check uh, trains and uh, the cars and those containers uh, cargo yeah 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 <laughs> so and the guy from that uh, customs office coming and saying okay girls come like I'm taking you to the to the field. So we're coming to the, to the, I don't know, some, whatever, some container. And I just, I still remember the thing that he's opened the container. They're sending the guy who is probably from the company, the owner of the thing. But it's happening all without words. So he's just, that customs officer opening the container, just looking. And that container is completely filled with, up to the ceiling, with the very cheap, um, uh, plush toys from Chinese plush toys. They're not so beautiful. They're pretty ugly, but whatever. So, and they're just stuck in there. And one bag of plush toys contains like five or six toys. 
<laughs> and he's just taking one under his arm. Then he's taking one to me, to some another girl, uh, taking one more with him, like signing papers, closing the container, and we're going away. Mm-hmm. This is how, like, even on such a tiny level, no one needs those toys. Like, what the hell is this? And it was totally normal, casual, you know, kind of thing. And I remember that we've been, when we've been, while in their office, we've been checking drawers or something, you know, because somehow they're sending you to pick up something. And we saw a lot of, for example, boxes with gums, boxes with condoms, boxes with I don't know, whatever, what. So everything they actually can steal, they've been stealing because I don't think they even see it this way. Like, mm. why can I take it? You know, it's my... But that's the old, but that's also the old kind of Soviet communism thinking that... Uh, I don't know. You what take was whatever it? you I, can. I w- but I was really, for m- even for me, I was like, what the fuck is that? Even mm. at the same time. I grew up in a household when my parents been stealing electricity from our house. So my dad secretly took from the main electricity wire some wire to our apartment and they've been using it. So like, not for everything, but some fr- for fridge or something, you know. So, so <laughs> really, it's, it's, it's a everywhere. Mind, it's, it's, yeah, a yeah, it's a mindset. And my, for example, my, my dad was almost a professor. They've been teaching in the university themselves. So it, it's not some like, <laughs> so mm. it's still, when I started to think about it after the years, I was kind of shocked. Like, how can I judge someone if my own panel has been like that? It, it's kind of creepy. <laughs> It's a, um, but you didn't last long in the customs. No, customs, no, right? no. I studied five years. Mm. Uh, um, I, when I was eighteen, I wouldn't have been easier if they just put you right to work and then so you could start stealing right away instead Kinda of teaching yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that's the thing. The, all the time, all those five years in university, telling you how important you are for economy, mm. how like we will fight hard for our like protecting our economy whatever, dependence yeah. of Russia, bullshits, like really bullshits. And then you're coming to the to work, actually they put in you somewhere, and you're coming to work, and it was 2002, and I was getting $100 a month. Mm. So I could pay for my phone, I can buy some like personal stuff, like as well, like for girls, you know, shampoo, like mm. some bullshit, mm. and I can give my parents a little bit for for food. But I could not rent anything. I cannot put money aside. It was $100 a month. But mm. when you're coming to the... Cen- and I was working in central office of uh, customs committee. And when you come in there, you can see on what cars people are arriving to work, what they're wearing, what their vacations they've been to, and they're talking about it. And this is... I felt disgusted. I just realized, like, I don't... I was there only three months. And I just realized, in some times, it, they will try to get me in. But I'm too naive. I'm too soft. So first, I don't, I don't, I don't want to steal, and I don't want to know how they do that. Because mm. if they will know how to do that, you're kind of in, in danger. So you're with them. That's yeah, it. you're either with them or against yeah, them. Exactly. Know? And also in custom structure, there is a security department as well who is looking kind of uh, after people, and they put people still to prison for corruption. Mm-hmm. But they putting not those who are stealing the uh, most. The other ones who were not mm-hmm. playing along. But I actually had this in Denmark. I used to work in Denmark. There was the, and then b- Danish people uh, they 
they have two sick days a month and they will always be sick two days a month. And then we had this guy, I hired a guy from Iceland, uh, an old friend of mine, and he was never sick. So after like three months, they took him to the side and said, listen, you, you have to start becoming sick. You're creating a problem here, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all about this. Yeah. Or I just realized because I was much younger, right away guys started to hit on me and start, and I was so casual as well. And I just realized, oh, so I have to become someone else's girl to, to feel kind of safe here. Or I will be completely in danger because i don't have any family connections you know those like uh-huh. strong ones or something there is no one behind me mm. and i didn't want that as well and uh, i never regretted and actually that probably universe heard me because they eliminated my department so i was fired but they paid me um, money because they kind of fired me, not I. Uh, I went away, so I was so happy that I just I'm just done with it, and I'll never see this again. But, but you were you were under oath. Yeah, like I was under how, oath. How does what what does that mean? Like some state oath. Yeah. And, uh, how, uh, it's like in an army. So uh-huh. you're just pronouncing that you're right now a state employee. S- employee and blah blah blah. So you don't have any rights to work. So for example, friends of mine or my ex-classmates they started to work when they've been 18 17 like when they've been already in university and start to work when so uh, when they graduated and have their high school like a university diploma they already have some like cv already at least something mm. i knew a shit i really i was because 22 and i was completely i didn't know how real work so because world works when you signed up or when your mom put you into yeah. custom school then you on a you second went year. under oath mm-hmm. and that you, then you you're not allowed to work anywhere else. Exactly. Uh-huh. You just ha- can be a student of the customs academy and work in a customs after, but you cannot do anything else uh-huh. by law. So it's just, you, you cannot. Okay. And, <laughs> and that's why when I was out of it and I was felt like, crap, I don't know how to do things. So I need to like where I will go to work. And I went to, uh, probably you will know there, right I don't know if they're uh, existing right now, but it was huge American agency, Kelly Services. Mm. And they've been uh, employing people for part-time or something for a kind of lower position jobs, but to good companies. And I went there and I said, I need job. I know, like, I, I sp- can speak English. I uh, want job for a year because I was planning that I'm, no, I'm living in Russia. No, I don't want to <laughs> live here anymore. And uh, they found me a job as a secretary in J.P. Morgan Bank in mm-hmm. Moscow. So, and it was closed office. It was not op- office for public. And there I finally realized how cool, actually, a uh, Western company structure could be, how they're dealing with problems, how they're treating each other, how everything works, how those processes connected between people. And uh, thanks God I had that experience because I realized, oh, that's how it should be, or something, you know, it's mm. because it was completely different world. In Russia, in the customs, <laughs> customs yeah. it was very funny because I was in department who've been actually investigating frauds, but we didn't have on our computers the fraud database or the command database, so I could not even do my p- like your p- actual job. Yeah, <laughs> to go to another department of contrabanda. <laughs> And ask the guys, like really pray them, like they will let me to the to their computer for an hour or two that I will do my job. And it was so bizarre for me. But this sounds a little bit I mean, <coughs> it actually 
the, what you're describing here is is kind of like out of a, a Soviet book or a movie or something because it it was always about making sure that at least on the surface yeah. the theory is beautiful the surface is fine mm-hmm. but then in reality as you say yeah we had a full office of computers but we didn't have electricity or something yeah, you know yeah, it's it's yeah. it's 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 it looks nice but underneath is garbage yeah 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 but actually it's kind of been shock for me when i found out that here in Czech republic in some police department uh, because a relative of my boyfriend works there, he said, we're still using fax. And I was like, what? Mm. He's like, yeah, we still have to get a fax to do something. And I was like, are you kidding me? So it's still happening even here in Europe. Mm. Or mm. <laughs> um, why did you speak English? I l- always loved the English. I don't know why. I really From I the music that you listen to? or, or Probably, but I really, at six years old, uh, I started to learn it. It was some small, like, activity for kids and we've been doing even theater there so it was fun and i somehow saw it as a escape even those days i just realized that i have to speak english to get out like mm. I, I want to first i want to find out about the world and but i i just always loved it and these hundred dollars a month it's probably not much more today i mean it's maybe 300 uh Honestly, honestly, don't know. Right now, ruble felt so badly mm. that I I don't know. Th- I had a friend uh, who been in customs academy with me, but year uh, younger, and he'd been working in uh, one of the biggest airports in Moscow, and he was telling it kind of the same. He said, "Okay, we had seven thousand rubles like paycheck. It was around I don't know three hundred dollars," mm. and he said, "But I was making." Not earning, but mm. making around three thousand a month. Mm-hmm. So for those people, he said that they've been doing jokes like, "Oh, how much gas you you spend your salary this month?" You know, like it's, it, it was nothing for them. Mm-hmm. It was not the point why no. they're there. But that this this is the problem because you know in the end you push the people to to being desperate to to make money to be yeah. able to pay yes. rent, etc., etc., yes. et yes. and and. Um, but you, you you said you know like yeah you 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 learned the English and you 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 were to work for JP Morgan there and and so you wanted to get out. I wanted to get out. Oh my god, I wanted to get out. And it was two thousand two, two thousand three, mm. and uh, I wanted to get out actually to Greece because I love the country. And I thought whatever Greece, it's a European Union. I will just go there to university because I l- love the climate. I have friends there. And I will just get a European diploma. And uh, uh, Greece, those days, they've been giving scholarships. But because in 2004 they had Olympic Games, I got in that position that they started to cut off the, like any any other expenses just to save more money. Yeah, they were probably the finding out that they didn't have money. Oh, probably. No. And so I didn't get the scholarship that year. So that's why I said, okay, I'm not going straight away, but I have to find a job, which was J.P. Morgan secretary position. And then in a year, I will try again. Mm. Th- th- that was my plan. And I was very excited about it. I, w- I finally, first time in my life, I felt empowered, you know, and just, I can do everything. You know, that youth, mm. youth feeling. And then I uh, replied to the ad, on the internet, uh, because I thought, okay, I'm staying here. I have, I have a job. Uh, 
uh, I have to find some music for me, for my soul, because I I was I was always in a band. So I in school I was in a band. To anyone I met and I heard that they have a band, I was always oh please can I play with you? Can I sing with you? I was incredibly probably annoying, but I just wanted to do this and I didn't care. Like okay, let's try. If it will not work out, so what? You know th- this kind of mm. approach. Uh, so and I just uh, like googled that vocalist wanted. And I found the ad, and I found the band, which I later became a part of. And then I recorded an album and I left the band. Mm. But it finally put all the things together that I realized what I can do. Not not fat, like not right away, but uh, it was just the beginning of probably journey. What is I'm still on now? That uh, when I was 24, I uh, first time I heard that oh. Like the music teacher, teacher, they sent me to the vocal teacher, and she said that you have two and a half uh, octave range, and I was like, okay. So I didn't know. Is that good or or? It's it's very good. Uh-huh. It's very good. It doesn't mean anything actually, but in a kind of in what you've been born with, it's very good. So mm-hmm. you can work it to use it properly, and it could be nice. Mm-hmm. So you're um, you can sing a lot of things, and then mm-hmm. they will sound fine. <laughs> And uh, and I was I remember that I was telling her like oh my god my mom didn't let me to go to conservatory and she said that was a good thing and I was like why and she said because everyone who goes to conservatory later sings as anyone else yeah you cannot just they come out of the factory in the same yes, shape yes yes you know? and she said that th- those teachers are even breaking those kids voices mm. and styles because they just don't like it or mm. they don't know how to sing because differently it's themselves. Con- it's a conservatory. You know, yes. it's, it's supposed to conserve. <laughs> exactly. Not this is what it yeah. does, yeah. yeah. So and she said that that's good. Yeah, you're singing not correctly, you but you you're recognizable, which is like you have your thing. Yeah, your own style. Yeah. And I was like, really? Do I? Okay. So somehow, even after all those years of my like sadness about that, I've never been, you know, able to do music in this way study music she said but you did that album i mean you 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 i did i did yeah i did record an album and and why did you leave that i mean what what uh it's kind of probably kind of uh standard story for band artistic (coughs) differences not only it was very very weird because guys been much more older and they have their goal and they didn't care about anything else except that goal they didn't ever had a family they just had that band and that's it Mm. But I've been never paid money, but I was always asked for everything, mm-hmm. and I should live everything, I should drop everything, and I couldn't. I was working with my dad, even you know simple things like color your hair black or I don't know like do tattoo. And I said like I cannot. I work with my dad, and we're going to the very serious organizations, companies, and state uh, like departments all over the Russia. We like, ju- yeah, I if you come with a tattoo, then you're exactly. a criminal. In Russia, exactly. you're a criminal. Exactly. So I, I said, like, no, I, c- I just cannot do that. Mm. And I'm making money with my dad. Here I'm making zero, so I'm sorry. And uh, but I was just not perfect You were not fit. in the same place like not they were. You're not ready for the... Yeah, and I was not the perfect fit. They mm. wanted probably my skills, but not me. So until, until that... You know, that everything was kind of glued, not glued together. Actually, there was one more reason. My, I met my first husband 
uh, he was a manager of that band. So I say, you band. say first husband, first, like, you like, had, like you had a lot of husbands. No, no, I mean like <laughs> you my, my boyfriend's husband. not a husband, yeah. so maybe one day he will. So <laughs> yeah. okay, my my ex husband. Yeah. And um, uh, he was a manager of the band, so that's how I met him. I met the band and then him, and we got married. And uh, when we started to have problems with the band, actually, like me personally, I stayed in a band anyway because the band was owning him money. And I thought I will stay in the mm-hmm. band. I will just make it, and we will. You stick it out, yeah. Yeah, well, at least we will make that money back. Him, not me. But it never happened. So and uh, but at the same time, it was such a crazy journey. Uh, I've never I'm incredibly thankful for them in this way that they. Uh, I've been on that album, and somehow people in Russia registered me as a singer beca- because before I I would never ever. Be able, or, yeah. yeah, be able to tell people or do those things what I... So this is your uh, breakthrough in yeah, a way. Yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah. At and what kind of music was this? It was pop metal. Uh-huh. It was kind of mixed between Korn and Evanescence, some, something uh-huh. like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it was I, look for, I look forward to hearing it. Yeah, I, I, I hope you will like it. I yeah. And I think... I at least I will pretend that I like it, just to be nice. No, don't do that. So <laughs> I, I really uh, appreciate honesty. Don't do that. <laughs> If you would say, "Oh my God, that's a crap," and I would say, "Yeah, it is." <laughs> but uh, but during during this time, uh, you 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 always want to go somewhere else. You're always thinking yeah. like your eye is always yeah. on leaving Russia. Yeah, and I don't know why actually, because I remember when I was little, my grandma, for example, in some like celebration, family gathering, they've been sometimes dancing. To those, you know, pumps, 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 pumps. Like that's so simple Russian music. I always hated it, and I didn't know why. I was not feeling it attractive or funny or interesting or no. I was like, what the fuck they're doing? It's horrible. But uh, and later on, I've never. I thought that maybe as a, I believe in souls and all those things. So I think probably I was not living in Russia before or something like that mm. because I don't feel connected. Mm. And everyone I met here, they've been you're Russian. You don't look like one, or you don't you don't feel like one, or you don't sound like one, in in all meanings. And I was like, okay, but I never felt like Russian. Mm. It's just weird. Mm. Are you different from everybody else in your family, or yeah? So maybe they just somebody <laughs> sent you in the in the <laughs> mail, or you were in that one t- customs uh, container somewhere. Maybe yeah. Pulled out, <laughs> um, but. Uh, So you you eventually get here to to the Czech Republic. Yeah. How how did that and and why why Czech Republic? What what is it about Czech Republic? Accidentally, completely no? accidentally, my parents, as I said, they've been teachers in university, and that actual university have been not for students but for people going to get a second higher education. So they've been already adults or working or have positions or whatever. So there have been some guy who came from Prague, and they become they've been very friendly to everyone, my parents, <laughs> except us with my sister. And um, uh, they had a lot of a lot of friends among the students or whatever. And so they've been becoming very close with those people. We've been always having party at our home. And uh, they brought this guy home, and I was going to get married very like in a couple of months. And he said, like, oh, my God, you're getting married. Like, you have to go to Prague. You will love it. I will arrange everything for you. And I was like, like, he means that we will pay, but he will tell us where to go, how to do things. Like, he will recommend stuff. And I was like, okay. So I didn't know anything. I just trusted him in some way. And uh, it was truly amazing. We just spent seven days in Prague, or even less. 
or five, but I was in love. Like mm. instantly, I was like, "It's it's fairy tale." And somehow, I'm so happy because I still have that feeling uh, until today. Because I'm walking around Prague, and it doesn't matter in what shit I've been, I was always looking up on the buildings and everything. I was like, "Oh my god, it's so beautiful! I'm so happy." No, it's yeah. an amazing city. But you said your parents were always nice to everybody except yeah. you and your sister. Yeah. What do you mean? Like this custom school or no, no, no. They've been quite abusive parents. So like it's that it's quite as well standard story that people could not even imagine what is happening behind closed doors. Everyone was telling me like complimenting, you have such an awesome parents because they're partying with us and you know mm. drinking. And I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. But what do you mean, like? Like beating, like abusing, like a lot of shits, like real, uh-huh. like it's, it's just. Is, th- is that? Do you think that's a common? I think was yeah. a common thing back then, or or maybe still is. No, I th- I think they have their per- like their their own issues. What mm. they just put on us because we could not fight back. Mm-hmm. That's why we escaped because we just couldn't take it anymore. But. Um, in general, yes. In Russia, it's it's very common to be incredibly emotional, stressful to your, like the household is stressful. Everyone is not happy, and I've never got it. I've never understood why we're all healthy, we're not dying, we're not starving. Like what the hell? Why? Because uh, my mom is that person who will create problem out of nowhere. Mm. So I learned to be afraid all the time because I, I didn't know what will happen when she will come home. Even I could clean everything, you know, until like... She would find something. She would find something. It w- could be anything, n- like really bullshit. Mm. And she would start to yell that how I'm ruining her life. And, you know, those... So it's just... It's this a very narcissistic... Uh, insanely, insanely, unfortunately. And that's why, like, I don't have that anger anymore. But I have issues as well as my sister. So we're fighting with those issues still, mm. both. Mm. Uh, and that's why I, we wanted to to uh, to ra- do one of the books we had idea for uh-huh. just to, to talk about it. Because it's it's such a stigma that mom equals love. Yeah. But it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not, not at all. I mean, and actually... Because uh, I'm, I'm very interested in this topic, and and I have I have I've studied a lot about this. Really? Lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and uh, and and there are even theories that that claim that moms are wor- worse to their daughters because they primitively, in you know, Stone Age when mm-hmm, we mm-hmm, were mm-hmm. we were tribes, and there was one man and and maybe ten women or something in 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 the group. Mm-hmm. They're competing. They're competing, mm-hmm. and they see that 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 even a mom can see a daughter as a competition to her husband, which is in today's life uh, yeah, so would yeah, be, yeah. A, I don't know what's it called, incest or, yes. or a pedophilia <laughs> or something. But but um, it's a, it's a re- really, really interesting thing. And that it's not automatic that parents know how to love. No, not, not at all. Not mm. at all. And actually, I got it, um, how to say, not I got it. I just realized that how interesting that feeling might be and that not everyone feels the same for sure when i had my son and i remember that he's your child you love him incredibly but you have no idea who he is Mm -hmm. you just it's the same as you would meet the stranger in the street and you have to live with him so it takes time to find out who he is even he you would kill for him Mm -hmm. it's such a weird feeling but i realized that some people just 
maybe doesn't have that connection or that will to find out who is that person. They just mm. never, or they never wanted kids, but their family pushed them to have, mm. you know, ones. Or they thought that they will love their kids, but it never came around. But I just, it, it could be any kind of reasons. I just never could forgive uh, that you would hurt the child. This mm. is, I would never forgive. Uh, it because it's for me, it's the worst thing you can do. Because it's so easy to break the... It's so easy to break them, and then you will. It will take you the whole life to deal with it. But it's it's. I guess with these these kind of abuse and and um, and these patterns, you know, uh, it's the most important thing is to to realize them and and kind of mm-hmm. accept them because then you can actually start kind of living yeah, with yeah, them and, yeah. and working with them. But but are you friends with your parents today or or like first? Um, it's. It's maybe Soviet, like, uh, <laughs> I forget the word. How they, like, uh, my God, I forgot the word. Mm. How they grew us up, no. How they how they raised you. Yeah, how they raised us. That you have to be polite. So I'm still very polite. Mm. If they're calling, I'm writing them that I will call back, even if I will not. If they, <laughs> yeah, or... Or, for example, dad is calling and saying, talk with mom, she misses you. And I'm saying, yeah, I miss you too, but I don't. And this is very painful for me because mm. I hate lying. Mm. But I know that this is the best way because if I will say something different, it will not help. Yeah, it will all. just escalate into something yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And mom right now, she got sick like five years ago and she has dementia right now. So, of course, she's feeling horrible mm. uh, but they're both in such a, for me, it's a hell what they're in. Because mm. my dad loves her so much. But at the same time, she he's not helping her to get better. For example, he she's like, uh, mm, um, uh, like a naughty kid right now. Mm. And she, for example, ah, I want some, I don't know, sweets, cake. She cannot do it. She cannot eat it. No, no, it's she it's shouldn't. That's the worst thing you eat when you have this. You know? Exactly. Like, not, not dementia, because she has much more those, like, diseases. Dementia, it's like the final... A result of Yes, it's just what come out. But yeah, yes, yeah. yes, she has all of mm-hmm. this. <laughs> and, uh, but to shut her down. She he gives her whatever. Yes. And then he's really, really, like, calling and saying... She doesn't want to do anything, no physiotherapy, no like exercises, nothing. And I was like, mm. guys, come on. Mm. But that's why we cannot fix it. My sister was sending the money, finding the doctors, you know, do like what we can do from that distance. Mm. So you do everything. But mm. in the end, you're realizing that they don't need it. And you don't feel guilty not being there? No, I was, it's horrible to say, but I was happy when she got sick. I realized like, oh my gosh, you Mm. it's horrible it's in, in general i would love to have a mother what i love oh my god i miss that mom but i've never heard her mm. like maybe i was very little i was i was i remember i was sitting in the apartment uh and the lights went like went off like so it was some blackout and it was night it was winter and i didn't know what to do i was so scared completely alone in the apartment i was like six or five and I was looking out of the window to to see them walking through from the train station, and I couldn't see them. And I was crying. I was praying to God that they will not take my parents away or something. They will be mm. late or something like that. So I had that love for them, 
but through the time I just lost it and lost it and lost it. And for my dad, I have a little bit different relationship because when I started to work with him, I realized how fun he is, how smart he is, how amazing he is in that uh, like intellectual way. But in emotional way, he's a devil. Mm. Really, he can crush you, like put you down so easily and so fast that you don't want that. So that's why actually no one else could work with him. I was working with him because I was the only one who could handle him. Mm-hmm. He w- he was not putting it that much on me. But when did you realize that it was... Because I think a lot of ki- children that gr- grow up in, in an environment like this, they just think this is the norm? No, I never saw... No, no. You, I mean, were you young when you realized, okay, there is something wrong here? First, I saw in other families where I knew that they are not beating them at least. Mm-hmm. And second thing... We have been not bad kids. We didn't misbehave somehow badly. We've been just beaten. For example, my mom beat my sister uh, because uh, when you've been like in third grade, they've been uh, pronouncing you the pioneer. It was very, very like uh, uh, prestige celebration, blah, blah, Mm. blah. So of course they've been putting in the first line the kids with the best grades. It's actually, it's nothing. So mm. you're just whatever, mm. becoming pioneer. But those days, my mom beat her because they didn't select her for the first like round. What? Mm-hmm. No, those those kind of things. Like, what? Yeah. And, yeah, and, and, and um, I'm sorry for them. I think that uh, um, I cannot do much for them except, you know, at least lying to them that I would be very happy to really feel this way, but I'm not. But um, I'm thankful that at least they showed me how not to do things. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From this point of you view. Can you learn from this as well. Yeah. You know. even, even you don't need to learn this way to find out that it's not okay mm. <laughs> to, be, to beat your kid. So mm. I remember my dad beat me and I had bruises all over my face, my neck, my arms. And I didn't go to, to school for two weeks until it will fade out. And... But he apologized. But still, I, I, there was no reason for him to do that. Mm. And I was like, guys, why do that? You know, I was, I was not mad. I was just so tired of it. How, how <laughs> old are you when stuff like this is happening? 15, 14, mm-hmm. 15. It was quite... They've been much more worse to my sister than to me. But to me, they've been... Is <laughs> she older than you? Or, or She's older. She's seven uh-huh. years older. She's much more older. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunately this you know like you hear this in 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 places and I can imagine that uh, at that time I mean like you don't have child services in in Russia in in you know nineteen they had them but what what they will do yeah. So that actually, it's still the same situation here. Mm. When I was uh, unfortunately fighting in a court with my ex-husband for my son, uh, there was a situation kind of similar to this. Mm. And when we went to social uh, services, they said, "Like, did he had a like, how to say, how to call them those him, him bruises? Yeah, bruises." And I was so you have to wait until he will get bruises. Mm. It's like. But how we can prove it? Mm. Because when brew this, it's good. And I was mm. like, are you really? What? Mm. 
So it was very long story for us to prove that something is going on there. We did it. Even criminal police was involved. But I'm so sorry for my son that he experienced that. It should not be like mm. really kids should not be through that. Mm. So like uh, but in your so ex-husband is, is is he Russian or, or he's Russian. He's one quarter Georgian mm-hmm. and rest of the Russians. And we divorced here. He stayed to live here. He's still living here. Okay. And 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 your son is what like and right now he lives with me. Uh-huh. Like so I'm <laughs> so happy he's twelve now. Okay. But you must have been you were quite young then when you became a mom, right? Twenty eight, not so much. Oh, that's not so that's bad. Not I mean in, in Russia that's old. I actually I could I would love to, but I just because I have fertility problems. I've been doing IVF twice, so like mm. that's why it's actually took us many, 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 many years to like many, like six, seven years to finally like So you had a lot of sex. <laughs> been trying like going to operations treatments operations uh-huh. treats <laughs> we're trying yeah of course, but no it, it, i've never actually this is as well like everyone was why you have this because i have this disease called endometriosis mm. and everyone says like but because you've been doing abortions like no i've never got pregnant even like naturally like what so there's still as well stigma around those problems with girls having they think that they somehow Created, like, it. created it or triggered oh. it and i said no it just happened with me i was first time i got on an operation table because of that shit when i was 22 so, like, what? Uh-huh. so it's just happened whatever it's just in this meaning that if someone's telling you how it is please guys believe those people mm. so you fell in love with prague you yeah, came here yeah. you came here on a mini honeymoon let's yeah, say yeah 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 five days and then and then you knew you wanted to come here yeah and actually, the, we, we just get back and we've been so excited and telling how amazing it is here. And that dude who recommended us to come here, been telling our parents, like, yeah, okay, they love it. But there is pretty low prices for real estate in Czech Republic. And my parents, somehow, they've been so excited about that idea as well to move. My sister has been already living in States. So my dad had some clients and they sold some land, some small land, and they put around forty two, forty five thousand dollars and they bought the, the the apartment where I live in. And but that apartment stayed empty. They've mm-hmm. been visiting once a year, telling everyone at work that we go into our house in Czech Republic because it sounded very wow. <laughs> and uh, um, my ex husband was trying to get a job in States in like in England and whatever, I don't remember even where. So we've been trying to find a way out to get out. But it just didn't work. Mm. And finally, we just thought, okay, maybe we'll try Czech Republic because it was much more easier to get here those days. And we just asked our parents' permission just to be in this apartment be- mm. until, like, if we will get here. And because we thought that from here, we will go further. It's just like some transition. And it completely changed everything because we've been applying for a Czech visa for two and a half years and we could not get it. Mm-hmm. And we spent like around ten thousand dollars on it, like everything we've been making, we've been investing in that shit. Because those days you cannot just get a visa; you have to have a company. So, but we are not yeah, here to sponsor you to get here. And yeah, not 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 this way. You have to found the company uh-huh. and pay taxes and create the activity, which is not existing. So you have to pay a lot of people. There were a lot of companies who have been selling those fake companies, fake papers, for like just to people to be able to get. Uh, in mm. 
So it was really expensive, but what, like it just happened the way it is. And I was already pregnant with my boy, and we didn't get a visa, but my ex-husband did. So he left, and I stayed with the newborn son in Moscow, completely with no money, nothing. Like and I was like, crap, what I will do. And my sister those days, she said that, look, like, it's winter, Moscow, cold. We bought a f- house in Florida. Just come. At least you will be with me. It, and at least it will be warm for the baby. You know, it's much more better. And I thought, of course, like, for the baby, it will be better. So we flew there. She incredibly, she's incredibly generous. She paid for the tickets. And we flew in America. And but I was completely shocked. I've never been. I was dreaming in my childhood to come mm-hmm. to America, and I didn't like it. And I was so shocked that I don't like it. Now Florida isn't so nice either. Maybe you know, I don't know. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> but again, like I was in this stressful kind of situation. Then a new mom, and I have nothing, and I don't know if when I will see my husband, when I will leave. But you know, I had nothing. I just was two suitcases and nothing else. We rented this apartment in Moscow, of course, to make some money. So it was just. Everything disappeared kind of in one, one day. <laughs> and we called to a Czech embassy and asked uh, if I can apply there by because I was planning that to spend five months there. And they said, yeah, yeah, you can, but you have to come yourself, even with a small baby. So I flew from, from West Palm to Washington, and I was so scared to death, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. But it was a lovely trip because the brother of my sister's husband he worked as a ross geller from france he wrote he worked in the national museum uh-huh. on the main like you know that street to, to yeah, pennsylvania uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and um to the white house the, the yeah, yeah. yeah 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 so he took us we've been sleeping at his place and he's incredible guy he for example he loves medieval instruments musical instruments and he's was building even some of them and he's biologist so mm. and he was i have a picture when he's playing some some very weird instrument like really from mi- middle ages and he was playing his own music on it and that music was beautiful you know like a uh-huh. like a lullaby to my son so we just slept in his place next morning he was living very close to that embassy district so we I mean, with my stroller just coming to the czech embassy and there's gorgeous park those embassies look amazing and there's no one like literally, and I was mm. like, "What the hell?" Because in Russia, you know, those lines you have yeah. to be there at six in the morning just to wait for your turn. It's the same here, right. foreign police in Czech Republic, yes. minimum eight hours. Yes, <laughs> and we coming in. There is a very bored lady who like just, just sitting. I can't see that she's shopping online. She has nothing to do. She's just taking my documents. Just I was signed just one paper too. Like, and I just okay, bye. So we will call you. And it was that was it. Mm. And I was okay, so we went to the, uh, and I f- <laughs> I realized that later that I forgot my passports there, so I couldn't get on the plane, because we we went out, we went to the zoo, and I was so happy that I can be in the zoo with my son, but he was seven months old, but whatever, <laughs> and <laughs> and I oh my god I don't have passports, so I was ran to the ba- embassy, took the passports. And then took a taxi, and I just they just brought us near near the White House, and I was just walking to the Lincoln and back, and just because we had like three hours, and we stopped at Ilya's National Museum, we had a lunch together, like some squirrels mm. were were, were it jumping around. Was a little bit nicer experience yes, than the Russian uh, oh Czech embassy in Russia, totally. right? Yeah, yeah. So I was been I've been in twenty four hours in Washington. I came back, and you know what? We got a visa in mm. two weeks. Yeah. Two and a half years in Russia, and there was two weeks. Mm-hmm. Thanks God. What? So I changed the ticket. So in December first, 
first of December of two thousand nine. I came here. Oh, you you. I came here in uh, in March two thousand nine, and I actually moved here in the autumn, like uh-huh. September October. <laughs> so we 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 we're around the same time. Yeah. But I didn't need any visa. Um, but I had to go to the the foreign police yeah, and register, yeah. and it was um, I am. Um, yeah, yeah. I spent a lot of hours there. Um, but uh, why? You know, because I mean, like, th- there's a lot of Russians that that come here. Yeah. And uh, I often feel that that is a transition in the beginning that they think about it. Okay, let's go first to Prague, and then maybe we will go somewhere else. You know. I'm not sure in that. Mm. Um, a lot of them just come here just to be here, and the, in Russia they call it the. Uh, say it in English correctly. Mm. How you call things what you have just nahradni like in Czech Czech it's for example you have two keys from a car so one key yeah, is yeah you're a ba- backup or, backup. or uh. yeah so they call it the backup airport and mm-hmm. there's a phrase in Russian language really yeah backup airport and they even so that Czech yeah, Republic asking, is the backup airport not for only Czech Republic they're just asking like do you have Zapasnoy airport like backing airport. Mm-hmm. And it means that it could be anywhere in in Miami, mm-hmm. in Spain, in Ca- Cyprus, or in Czech Republic, or whatever, mm-hmm. wherever you can go. But there are certain like locations where uh, Russians are kind of in love with. And, and why why Prague and why Czech Republic? Why I do Russians like I it? I think it was they thought that uh, it's they knew it from their youth. You know, Karl mm. Gott and the Czech Republic was one of the most countries where Soviets were sending their best workers even my grandma because she was best worker she was awarded with a trip mm-hmm. and it was still like you know up road country it was still western country so people had that like oh, you know excitement about the czech republic is something gorgeous unreachable amazing second thing was that there was much more cheaper real estate than in moscow already those days uh-huh. right now it's different uh-huh. but those days in moscow you can sell like one like 33 square meters uh, one bedroom apartment and buy townhouse here for 120 square meters fucking shit yeah, it's yeah. still it's like that now no, or no no <laughs> it was it was uh-huh. yeah so that's why a lot of people did it they just invested uh-huh. this way uh plus uh, what about the language and the cuisine plus, and plus <laughs> cuisine i don't know like Probably think like Russians love to eat, so mm. that's no doubt. And beer, of course, wow. So, but it's not the main thing. Main thing all also been that at, even it's not true, but a lot of Russians older than fifty or sixty or seventy been thinking that all Czechs speak Russian, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Czechs hated that. <laughs> but it was so nice at the same time from parents of my boyfriend. He's Czech. That they really, when they met my parents, they've been really trying to speak Russian. Even they, you know, learned it, like studied it very many years ago. Mm. And they've been so happy to use it even. And I was so thankful that they tried. It mm. was very sweet. Yeah, because it's kind of like they studied Russian here until 89. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. then English came in. Yeah. I wouldn't say with excellent results Unfortunately, yet. But... Uh, so yeah, I guess you have those people who were in school and are maybe then nowadays fifty plus. Yeah, yeah. Will we'll probably understand those yeah, big they, they were, they were, Yeah, they 
it, it doesn't mean they will want to use this no. language or talk with you. But and, Russians and like, really, they are, still can see Russian tourists coming to the shop and starting to speak Russian to the like to the mm. to the people behind the counter. And I was like, oh my god. But I guess also I one one of the reasons why Czechs don't want to use the Russian is that the Czechs don't have pleasant, let's say notion towards the Soviet Union yeah. and like and 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 it's it's really really interesting because you know I've I've I worked in all the Baltic countries mm-hmm. I've wor- worked in Poland I've, I've been in in Romania Hungary um I've been in the Balkan countries I've been in yeah a lot of a lot of those countries where you can say that they 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 suffered under Soviet yeah. rule and I've never experienced what I experienced here in terms of like now we just mm. recently we celebrated the 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 anniversary of of when the russian or the warsaw uh, union mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm, you call it, the mm-hmm, warsaw mm-hmm. country sent the, the tanks here in 1968 yeah. and when i came here you know and i was like we had russian i had russian colleagues that i really really liked you know and 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 they were actually yeah very open and mm-hmm. and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that but I felt that the Czechs were like, oh, the fucking Russians. They came here in 1968. Then yeah. I said, yeah, but now it's 2009. You know, yeah, like yeah. it's not like this guy was driving the tank. He wasn't even born. You know. I honestly, maybe I was lucky. Maybe it's just I don't know. But I've never ever, and it's quite a long time I'm here in Czech Republic. I've never experienced the negativity in mm. this way that mm. I'm Russian. I was a little bit nervous to tell people that I'm Russian, but it was my feeling. I was thinking that maybe it will hurt them or maybe they will have that, you know, those wrong thoughts about me right away, even they don't know me or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was even apologize. I remember that when they've been showing some documentaries, almost every year they do that about those uh, those days in 1968. And I always remember I was uh, watching, almost crying, and I was telling my boyfriend that I'm so sorry. And he's like, why are you saying sorry? You, you, you know, it's not your fault. But I said, mm. I'm really sorry because it's such a shame. We didn't know. Like, I was not even born. I don't know my how my parents took it. But this feeling that so it's like someone from your family, you know, I don't know, killed someone else's yeah, no, relative. Mm. It, it's a horrible feeling. Yeah, uh, but it's still not your fault. No, but I uh, just cannot. I can understand the people mm. who are still angry because they have all the rights to be angry. Mm. Yeah, but on the other hand, I mean, as far as I understood Czech history, then they they actually voted a communist government here in a free election Probably. after the there after Second World War that then wanted to be part of the Soviet Union. But of course, it doesn't mean that the Soviet Union was nice or the yeah, yeah, yeah. or communism was nice. But it it. It was actually an ideology that at that time was maybe relevant. Because you know? Maybe, yeah, maybe because they actually didn't even have that such a strong will to become completely independent. They thought we will be with that, you know, stronger mm. kind of brother, mm. and he mm. will help us. A lot of countries thought so. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about it, like ten million people in the middle <laughs> yeah. of Europe, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and just two wars in in, in yeah. like thirty years, then okay, let's stick with someone. You know, I yeah. I, I, I can see it makes sense. You know, but um. um but there is a lot of people that come here from former Soviet countries, like you know, from Ukraine, from Russia, mm-hmm. and 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 so on. And uh, um, is it like a community here, or or do you think feel that they there are is a s- huge community? Uh-huh. Um, mainly that community can like there is community of rich people who know each other. There is community of like kind of mm, 
ordinary people who mm. might be connected and it's a huge community of students who are mainly connected because they're going to the same places like bars and restaurants and clubs and they at least in Prague and they somehow know each other mm-hmm. uh, at least they they have this scene to to you know to attend every I don't know every weekend and uh, I <laughs> I've been never a fan of any of those communities because I left Russia to be out of Russia. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be connected with the Russians at all here. But it happened that my first job was as a journalist for Russian newspapers and magazines. And because it was the only job I could do from home without any work permit, with my, you know, I was breastfeeding still, my like my son still. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, while I was working there, I just realized that my thoughts have been completely correct. I don't want to work with these people. I did. Thank you. And no, Mm. not anymore. Mm. Not everyone. But at the same time, with people I'm friends with, still, Russian ones, they're trying to, like, enter the the Czech community. One of my closest friends, they even changed their family name to Mm -hmm. be more... Uh, accepted somehow yeah, or assimilated yeah, yeah that they just said that no we just we're here it's our home we have a house here we just feel this way it's nothing like that they're faking something they just feel this way they said no uh, we never wanted to be in russia we hate in mm. in a lot of points what's going on there how how life is there so yeah but it's because i mean like it's it's not easy to make friends here i mean in in all honesty i mean it's it's not i mean for me i mean coming from a scandinavian culture i used to live in copenhagen before mm-hmm. i came here where you know like the first thing that was said to me in copenhagen is oh what are you doing in the weekend don't be alone come and do a barbecue with really? us you know I, nice. ne- I never i never felt that here I, that doesn't mean that i haven't made friends here, but it just took longer it yeah, takes so they longer are pretty to pr- close yeah and then I often thought about it with the Russian yeah. community somehow because, I mean, I'm from Iceland. Everybody fucking loves Iceland. You know, it's uh, beautiful, yeah, all that <laughs> crap, you know. And then and then I'm thinking if I would into see yeah, I'm, I'm Igor from Russia. Mm-hmm. And then like, hmm, okay, fucking 1968, we're never going to talk to you again, <laughs> you know. Like I, I'm so maybe that's why those people sticking together. Yeah, still. that's like what yeah. I'm thinking. You know, yeah, because yeah, there are there are clubs here, like you know this fashion probably. fashion club in Kotva. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, Russian. Exa- you know? I know. And, uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. A- anyway, um, so you you. I guess I mean like you and your your sister were not the only people. I mean, th- there has been, and that that's what happens when there is something wrong in the home country. Mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. want to leave. Yeah. And. Sometimes and they don't want to, but they should, like, or need to. Yeah, it's my and uh, as well. And that's um, like, uh, you know, like, not much seems to have improved in Russia. For of course, you have more freedom. You can travel. You can choose to move, and you can leave. Less and less, actually. Yeah, but but other than that, I mean, someone who who was kind of at the bottom yeah. in '91 doesn't necessarily have a much better life now, no, right? No, not at all. Not at all. Everyone says that when you see Moscow, you're just going, I don't know, 50, 60 kilometers from Moscow. It's a completely different world. Mm. I, I, I know. Yeah, that's true. And it's again, it's all about that Russian that they want to show off. So, which is, you know, hide, but they, at the same time, hiding all the dirt behind behind the sofa, you know. So, in this, it's just... Which is very much what the communism was about. I mean, yeah. like... 
I don't know if you saw that Chernobyl. Um, oh my God, it's amazing. That, that's crazy. Series. I mean, this is so you cannot not really. I'm sorry about it. Yeah. But I, I was shocked because it's literally how my childhood looked in even color. I don't know how they did it mm. because I remember memories from my childhood with the, for example, l- you know, uh, sun going down in the evening, summer, that quiet and that light and. I'm seeing it on you know on a TV screen I'm like what the hell like it's tr- completely true it's unbelievable and the true. whole thing that they 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 like you know they know that something is wrong but they're so afraid yes. of of the punishments from above yes. that they don't say so it's better like you say they they put it behind the couch yes 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 uh, it's still this way it's mm. this is what frustrates me because it's a road to nowhere mm. Who is benefiting from it? No one. Even someone is benefiting financially for a very short Time. period. Yeah. But it's stupid. You're mm. just like you trying to, I don't know, to shit on your own head. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> shit on your own head. But re- really, like it's mm. it just it's. But I I, but I often thought about it with with, uh, you know, like. Uh, you know, like we, let's say that when the Cold War ended, I think that the the notion or the narrative was that the capitalist won. You know, the Western yeah. countries won yeah. somehow because, you know, in in some way, Soviet Union gave up its ideology. Mm-hmm. They they mm-hmm. stopped being communist, yeah. and uh, um, so we as Westerners we see ourselves somehow as winners of this Cold War, and uh, and. And I often think about like, does that are we actually are we preventing are we keeping Russia in the corner somehow? Are we keeping are we keeping Russia and Russian people? Because I mean, I hear it when I talk to people in England Mm -hmm. and so they talk, oh, the Russians, the Russians, the Russians, and I'm like, what? They haven't done anything for ages, you know, and actually they haven't done anything for a century or something, you know, like they actually won the Second World War for us, they, you know, if, if it wouldn't have been for Russia. It's, I can maybe a little bit like uh, not agree with you, only because Russia started the Second World War and they invaded so many countries like Finland, they invaded Poland, they invaded Ukraine, they, in act like... It was yeah, so but they much turned, massacre. Yeah, but they turned against Hitler in the end. I yeah, mean, yeah, but I think in so like there is very big difference in uh, between Russian government and Russian nation. Mm. Of course, there are some treats with people hate, and I I hate them honestly myself. But there are two different worlds, completely two different worlds, which is not which are not connected mm. almost anyhow. Mm. They the those guys on the top just created the system. Everyone lives in and even they don't want to even like me in a customs you just have no choice or you're entering or you're going away there's no choice so uh, and i cannot blame russian people only how to say only for that they didn't keep that freedom what they got in 1991 because i remember that excitement i remember uh i was 11 years old, 10 years old, actually. And I remember my, our parents woke up, up and said that, girls, wake up, wake up, we have a new government. And I was 10. I didn't get what's going on. We've been all watching TV and everything. But I was excited, kind of, that something huge is happening. And I remember how my school changed, how people started to talk openly, how we started to be able to wear, you know, bullshit like makeup, mm. uh, see American movies, you know, 
eat something new, like some McDonald's. Food. Yeah, some food. We never McDonald's was like <laughs> it was called a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So and my boyfriend was taking me for there for a date, and it was like <laughs> wow. Did you have candle candlelight or or? No, <laughs> but you really. Put down the lights. No, of course, no. You've been sitting in your coat, you know, and <laughs> on a date <laughs> at McDonald's. Bullshit. But it was so full of hope. Yes, and we didn't keep that. Mm. We just thought, but it was not the the fault of Russian nation. I think it was the fault of broken mentality because mm. I really see Russia, the whole Russian nation, as a abused kid. Like many years, abused kid, kid, not a teenager or adult, still a kid mentally. If they are still kids, they don't know who they are, what they will become, what their intentions, what their goals. They're, but they're open to love, but they've been beating so hard that everything they left with is just anger, and they, until they will get rid of that anger, nothing will change. And I think that the biggest problem was when I told you about those archives, how they opened their archives. I think they s- should finish that thing. They, they should put those people under the trial. They should do that like on the government level. They mm. should, like Germans did. You know, they said, oh my God, Hitler was horrible. Yeah, we and need to put a line apo- in the sand yes, and have a new we're start. A, we are apologizing. It mm. was horrible. We will try to fix it as much as we can. Russia never did this mm. to their own people. So that's why that trauma, it's still in people. They still don't know who they are. And they like, they, they're no ones, unfortunately, but they think that they're big only because Putin in TV tells them every day that we're awesome. And they're like, yeah, and then he comes awesome. topless on a horse or something. And yeah, he yeah, looks yeah. Really so masculine. They, really, they really think that they, this is awesome. They, he's a dude. But I think, but I think that that is, um, you want another beer? Okay. Um, was that a Thank no? You. No, no, no. <laughs> um, I think that, um, you know, like, um, because, you know, like, we, we are here in, t- I don't know, what, 2021, and for us, democracy is such a default yeah. um, setting somehow mm-hmm. that we vote and that yeah. our politicians are supposed to be trustworthy, which they actually <laughs> aren't, <laughs> yes. but but we, we still want to believe it, you know? Yeah. We want to we yeah, yeah. believe in some beautiful fairy tale. And um, and uh, but it's actually just like a I don't know a hundred year old fact that I mean until the 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 end of the first world war and to a large extent until uh, the end of the, mm-hmm. the the second world mm-hmm. war we had like dictators we had monarchies mm-hmm. we had mm-hmm. you know kaisers and whatever yeah. these you know tsars in Russia and everything and and so. In in some in some way, you know, like the, the, the Russian nature, you had Alexander the Great, you had Lenin, yeah. you had Stalin, you you've had like a a, a long line of leaders mm-hmm. that could get the nation to do whatever exactly. they fuck they wanted. Exactly. So now you just have one more. If how to say, uh, first, I think that it was a huge experiment on the Russian nations after the revolution because no one knew how it will work. It it mm. was completely new idea of a new society, and they tried it and it failed. Mm. So it was a huge experiment, and people paid their lives and everything they had for it. Right now, they're trying as well. I think experiment. They're trying to find their way how to do it, but unfortunately. It's not anymore about living your name in the eternity. 
it's about making as much money and getting as much mo- much power as you could. It's already such a neg- it was egoistic reasons always, but right now it's so like in front of your face, mm. and it's it's even pathetic. So it, uh, my my vision already uh, based on when I was working with my dad, we've been preparing companies to get through the uh, ISO certificate, like uh-huh, uh, quality yeah, management. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, what my dad was doing, he was uh, with his friend, they created the system how to put uh, business processes in the company in some uh, sort of uh, uh, structure. Mm. And then to teach people how to see that structure, that they will be able to change the structure, but not to lose anything, to mm. improve, save their positions, their work, but improve it, not just on paper, mm. but in reality. Mm. So it was very interesting technique, which connected psychological vision, you know, and some like management practices. It was very interesting. It was actually very simple. Everyone just was de- describing their work so in some just proper form. And then we've been drawing those processes to people that they will see it. And they're like, oh, my God, we're not how we work in this company. We're not connected at all. Mm. And then they started, you know, so fix those real issues yeah, what they're the doing broken, every day. The broken, broken lines, lines. Yeah. and they, mm. but then sales, like we've been kind of those moderators. Uh, yeah, 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 manipulators. Yeah. It, it was, you get, get it was them awesome. to the right place. Exactly, mm. and it was two reasons why companies were failing in this. First, main reason that there was no will of the management. If management doesn't want to change anything, nothing will happen. Nothing. Mm. People can do anything, but they, nothing will happen. Or the second thing, there was been someone who been sabotaging the whole work of the whole team because he was trying to hide something. Mm. And as well, that he was sabotaging to hide something for himself. Maybe he's stealing, maybe he's... It was even funny sometimes because everyone should describe and talk in those sessions what we've been doing, their work. And some people was, for example, saying, I'm doing this. And someone, no, it's my job. And like, I'm doing this. No, it's my job. So they've mm-hmm. been kind of like publicly getting naked, you yeah, know, yeah, professionally. People so they, that they were like faking. Yes, they uh, they've been. Mm. So they've uh, in this meaning that, and those people started to sabotage it, not to continue. But because he's one piece of the whole structure, the whole structure could not change because of him. Mm. And I I always saw those things and thought, why those people are so stupid? You can hide if you really think that you're smart. You can hide your things, but still improve the others. What mm. the, f- you know, like yeah. why are you doing it? It's so bizarre. And I think it's the same with the government of Russia. Like guys, you already have enough money, like enough power. Why you start can doing something a little bit more clever? Yes, mm. like just let those people live. Soon you will be on completely empty desert, like with the like I don't know, eighty millions of people. Like China already bought the half of Siberia. What the hell? Mm. Do you know that they're renting out the acres and like kilometers of Siberia forests in China? They're renting it. For example, they're signing that. We are renting it for fifty years, and China can do anything on that on those territories. Mm. Like, and there is some local governor who makes tons of money from it. Of course, it. like, and why not? Mm. <laughs> that's why I'm I'm thinking that it's stupid. That's that's why I think that Russians are still in mentality. They're kids. They, it's kind of the same. Like, they think, oh my God, if not Putin, so then who? Then what? Yeah. Then who? And it's the same how. I'm sorry how my son is saying, Mom, you have to tell me what we're doing tomorrow. And I said, well, I have to tell you. It's just easier, you know, it's just easier for him. Mm. And I said, no, 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 you can 
like I can tell you what I do, or you can tell me what you would like to do. We can make their own our own plans. Mm. Your phone is ringing. Yeah, yeah. Do you need to take this or probably yeah. And you know that we we that it's but it's mentality of a kid. It's mm. it's not mentality of a grown up who deciding himself what he will do, how he will do, uh, find the ways to do it, and so on. I'm mm. oh sorry. Yeah, wait. <laughs> of course. They say he traveled very far, very far. So, Juliana <laughs> just finished uh, <laughs> talking to her son on the phone. Yeah. So we're back. Yeah, I just wanted Russians to are like kids. They yes, don't know what they want. Yes, so uh, that's why I think that when Russians saying, like, if not Putin, then who? It's like the saying, like, oh my God, who will tell me who I am? Mm. Who will tell me what to do? Who will tell us where we're going? And it's, again, it's not their fault. It's no one, you know, everyone was told that we're going to the victory of communism and it never happened. Everything mm. fall apart and everyone was still shocked that it's this way. But it's, I, th- I think actually this, for, for me, like this um, whole COVID period has actually, I think I've seen those signs what you're describing in, in, in many, many countries that I've, follow the discussion that people don't want to think for themselves. They actually mm-hmm. want to be told what to do. They because it's easier. Yeah. And and it's also, and it's actually a little bit of an antidote be- because on one hand, we have a tool in our hands that has access to all the information in the world. In the world, yeah. But we don't want to look at that information. We don't want to use critical thinking. We just want to be watching Netflix and then somebody can text us, okay, go and quarantine or do this or that, yeah. you know? But which is scary for me because uh, I was not thinking about this much until I had my son. Mm. And I realized like, oh crap, what world I brought him in. Mm. And the only thing I'm still, I don't know if I will succeed, of course. But I'm still trying to teach him that think. Think about little things. Mm. For example, if you will put your, I don't know, backpack right now here, maybe I will, or you will just, you know, Block someone? Bl- or yes, you know? or some little things. Just think a little bit further, a little bit further, a little mm. bit further, mm. and it will just help you in mm. general. Not overthink things, but see the consequences, the c- consequences mm. of a- anything. Mm. And actually, this is analytical thinking. This is systematic thinking, mm. they call it. And I really hope, I don't have guts for that, but I really hope that one day someone will write a book or create some technique they are actually, but someone will put it, you know, in serious, <laughs> serious material, and put it out there in the world that people will start to teach their kids those things because mm. they don't. Because usually, what you're teaching your kids, don't touch this. But they're not explaining why. Mm. Or don't do this. But they're not explaining why. And in the end, you have an adult who just know how maybe what not to do, but have no idea how to do. Any all the other things that you mm-hmm. would maybe could mm. good things. Yeah, I think I think I, I agree with you, and I think that that um, for 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 me it feels like the the whole ro- world is now, or um, let's say that the world that takes all the space in the media, which is the Western yeah. world, yeah, um, is run on emotions 
and not on facts, data, or critical thinking or logical thinking. It's, facts it's very are boring, you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Facts are really boring, so it's yes. much better to, and I, and it's 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 uh, yeah. yeah, it's a going through a week or a day can be like an emotional roller coaster, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a really really fascinating. You still have thing. TV? I don't have TV. I I, I, d- I do have TV. I don't really watch it, uh, but no, I I have TV like a like device. Yeah, but I have I don't the device, but I don't have any TV channels as well. But uh, for thirteen but years, I, I don't have TV. Yeah, but I watch I watch too much news on the internet, and mm. I actually stopped it for seven eight years. I didn't read yeah. any news. I read sports news, and it was really great seven eight years mm-hmm. when COVID started. I started reading it yeah, again, yeah, and yeah, I yeah, I'm, it's, I it's actually more. regret it. But at the same time, for example, because I was working as a journalist, I can mm. understand those guys as well. Mm. They're just telling them you have to increase ratings or yeah. who has to increase sales. More clicks. Well, yes, and they have no. It's horrible, but it's mm. not their. It's their decision to do this job, but it's not their fault. Mm. Because I remember I completely lost uh, my faith in uh, media, not not in general, of course, but when I was doing you know such a tiny job as a journalist. But uh, uh, there was, I was even writing horoscopes in for one of the Russian newspapers, and I'm not an astrologist, mm. and but I had to do that, mm. and I was I hated it. That's why I quit. I said I, d- I just cannot lie to people, and I should, r- r- you know, write something which will not hurt them, scare them, affect them anyhow. But at the same time, you have to write something, something that and engages them. Like yeah. my God, what the hell? So I believe in. Th- that those things like astrology or I don't know numerology and probably they have some very interesting basics mm. uh, under but because it's uh, become such a fashion or mainstream I don't believe those things anymore. Yeah, it's been watered out. It's it's, it's yeah. So uh, I would love to meet someone who really knows about those things mm. or here really digging something out from I don't know hundred years ago. You mm. know some books or whatever. Mm. <laughs> Nowadays, and I was I'm ashamed about it. For example, even it was right. nothing bad, but I'm ashamed that I did it. Yeah, and I mean, I th- I think I, I I read somewhere the other day that sixty uh, percent of all all articles that are in the press are just press releases directly from companies that yes. are are, pay- yes. are writing their own stories, yes. and then they the journalist just takes it and puts yes, it out. Yes, that's why I don't believe anything nowadays. Unfortunately, mm. it's become such a market who will just sell the news the best way, yeah. and it's not connecting with the quality or with the Re- reality. reality or, yeah, uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But where do you think um, we, we're about to kind of close up on this? Uh, Russia, I think, but wh- where do you think it will go then? I think I mean, it uh, will Russia be very in twen- sad. 25 years. Oh, honestly, I mm. don't think it will improve. Mm. I don't think that the revolution in any way will win. I have a very pessimistic views on this. I think that they, the nation has to fall down so badly that they will just kind of renew. Mm their blood i don't know in this meaning yeah. that generations yeah. new generations will come because actually after me is the only s- couple of generations which are op- like which saw the world before no one saw the world mm-hmm. and so they have completely different vision different feelings different plans but they have to grow up they have to try to change something May- they will probably not succeed so it just have to as well as in Czech Republic you know why in Czech Republic their government as it is because there's a lot of people who are older mm. than let's say 60 70 mm. and they're still voting for people 
who represent <laughs> values that are not values even. Mm. I I love my boyfriend's grandma. She's amazing, and she and she, uh, for example, like four years ago when it was the the president election here in Czech Republic, and we've been just talking about it that there was elections. She's like, I will vote for, vote for Zeman, mm. and we've been like, why? Because we could not we respect her so much, but it was like, why? And she's like, he's the only one I know, and mm. that's it. That's mm. all the reason she has. But I think part part of that problem is also that the democracy or elections haven't developed um, to meet the requirements. I mean, if I if I look at um, who goes to vote, mm-hmm. I mean, when when I was a kid and my parents were going to vote, they dressed up. It was a big thing. Yeah, it was yeah. them expressing their um, will. You know, like they they were influencing mm-hmm, democracy mm-hmm. and politics and so on. And and my granny was a big thing for her as well. You know, and and uh, and I think. For those people that you mentioned that vote someone like Zeman, who is a very strange president, to say the least, um, um, they they are from this group. They they are, and they are actually more politically active yes. than maybe young people. Yes, unfortunately. And and I I think I think I think that is also the problem that you actually have a lot of people who are younger and wouldn't really want someone like that and would choose a different candidate. Uh, do you know how to do that? You, you Do you know probably how to do that? How no, to do I that? have no idea. You have to talk with them in school about it. And mm. But also you have to talk with them in school about it that you will respect them then, uh, yourself. It, n- no one in school will, how to say, if teachers coming into the classroom and abusing the kids, yelling at them or putting them down mm. and then talking about the free will or the freedom of the choices of democratic structure. They're not going to listen to that. No, yes, because it doesn't even make sense. Mm. He, as a teacher, representing force of power, mm. force of authority. How you can teach those kids mm. that they have a choice after that? It, it doesn't make sense. Mm. But this, I was working here in school for a year and a half. And it was, I, I love kids, but I hate the system. Mm. Because it's the same. And I have no idea why those teachers are there. If they don't like their positions, they don't like their work, they don't like kids, what the hell you do? So again, I'm mm-hmm. repeating that I would never forgive someone who hurting the kids. It's kind of the same way. But I think, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this will probably, yeah, I, I need to say this in the right way. I, I mean, a lot. I think a lot of people end up in um, professions like, journalism teachers Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, stuff like mm -hmm. that that um i don't know i wanted to become a journalist like i was wanted to become a writer Mm. and i was thinking for some time to enter the uh like journalist faculty in moscow university but after all those years i'm incredibly happy that i didn't because i would be like i would probably be a really proud journalist and i will do my job and it will not end well, mm. definitely, especially in Russia's structure. But I, yeah, but I feel also that these are not really well-paid jobs. So no, not so at all. So it's not you attractive. It's, it's more It's more for idea. It's more that you're really changing something. Yeah. That you're just... Actually, this is... Journalism is what for. It's mm. not about the money. Yeah, it's, it's, about a, it's the fourth power of, yes. of, of, of yes, yeah. democracy. Yeah. Uh, but, but and, and that's what I feel like. It can't be that you get the best people in the end. It, it, what happens in the end is that if the salary is shitty, yeah. there is no vision, you're not there for anything, yeah. then 
you're easily bought you yeah. don't have any choice you're yeah. doing, and, and yeah. the people who end up doing it are people who might not be able to do much better you yeah, know yeah. but uh, anyway yeah okay that's a little side thing uh, when was the beauty contest that you won oh god it was just give me a second 2001 it was accidental uh, because as uh, as I was telling you, I was in customs and I was lieutenant. I had this, uh, how to say, bleh, those yep. army kind of, yeah. you know, those... This thing on the shoulders. Uh, yeah, but uh, lieutenant or how how to call those positions in army, whatever. Major, captain, lieutenant. Yeah, yeah. So I, <laughs> I was in beauty contest twice, but not because of my, like, first, not because of my, my decision, second one because of my decision. So... Um, I was in a beauty contest because I was in the customs and there was a TV program in Russian TV called Army Shop and they've been uh, making programs for the soldiers with jokes, with beautiful girls, with like bullshit like that. But it was quite cute. Even. Uh-huh. And so I entered the beauty contest there because I the, the host of the TV show uh, like happened to live not far from my house and he was just, I was hitchhiking and he just drove me. And then probably maybe it gave me some, I don't know, hope or some, I don't know, whatever. And I just entered some internet competition. But that internet competition was uh, founded by some company who've been uh, doing the as well, nu- like printing newspapers and magazines mm. all media, over Russia, like media, like media company. Mm-hmm. It was not the, the official, some, but they just created the beauty context because they've been in every region. So they called the girl from every region or something mm. like that. And I didn't want it. I didn't want the f- first place, but I won the third place, and I won thousand dollars, and I was oh, so happy. Great. And the, actually, even the um, <laughs> even better thing happened. They printed my picture in a local newspaper because that you know publishing house was mm. owning those in regions at my grandma's town, and she was so proud. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's why I did it because she was totally. She was. You know, almost putting it in a frame on a wall, and it was she was so happy. Yeah. But how, uh, b- 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 <laughs> former beauty queen? Um, what is the former beauty queen doing today? What 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 are you up to now? You're you're singing For- again. Yeah, former queen is getting old. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm singing. I hope I will sing for some time. I don't know how much life will give me, mm. because. Um, because of many reasons, I don't think that someone will be interested to see the, you know, not such a young, fresh girl on the stage in some time, especially on uh, posh weddings and parties. But it, it doesn't matter. Just right now, I'm still trying to, to keep it up. I'm still happy that I can do that. So you have this band. I have a band. I have. Um, it's actually kind of interesting story as well. In, in some way, it's I believe in karma. So I probably it should happen. Because uh, it was co- co- complete coincidence mm. that I came to Czech Republic. As I said, I was working as a journalist and I was like really struggling. I had no money, nothing. And I, uh, one day, my ex-husband getting a call from a guy who he met in Prague. And, they've been, and they knew each other from Moscow because my ex-husband was working in the music business. And uh, that dude remembered that I was a singer in Russia, in that pop metal band. Mm. And he called like, dude, your wife is a singer, right? Like guys from Karlo Vivare, like they're looking for a singer, from Russian singer. And does she want to know? And I had no money. Really, I didn't have even 50 crowns to get to Prague. And the, he's saying, like, yeah, yeah, they're paying 14,000 for two days. And I was like, what? 
told mm-hmm. like what the hell you know i have to get it but i was it was kind of <laughs> like struggle inside. so you're th- at that time you were living outside of prague yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. the gig is in carlo Ivari, which is like yeah. on one and a half hour from yeah prague. yeah yeah but anyway so and i like i want to try and I, and I thought, like, my God, how can I, you know, alternative singer can sing pop songs? Like, bullshit. <laughs> and I went to the guys. Uh, I met them. Uh, they are much older. They're still my friends. I'm still in touch with them. And we kind of had an audition. So I performed. They said, okay, okay, we trust in you, but you have one and a half month before that. It was New Year's Eve gig in mm-hmm. Grand Atoll Poop right now, where is yeah. the Karlovary Film Festival. Film Festival is yeah. It's the really posh place in yeah. general, like 300 guests, and that's New Year's Eve. And, um, and it was tough, because I never thought that I could learn so many songs, like 32 songs. I thought that it's insane, but right now I think, mm, okay. <laughs> and... Uh, so I was going there to rehearse with them. They, it's, um, uh, it is a Becher's bar. There is a bar in that hotel which opens in the night, and they had a live music there. And those guys have been working there in contract. So I've been going there, singing with them in the night, uh, at least to train, because not train at home. Uh, I sang the gig, and after that they offered if I can come occasionally, sometimes, uh, just to make some money. And it was thousand crowns for five hours of singing. Mm. And I went there because I had no other choice, and I wanted to. And they've been nice people, and they. And are. you wanted to sing. I mean, you. Yeah, 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 but I wanted to learn actually because mm. <laughs> manager, like uh, former manager of the poop, she hated me because I was singing too loud mm. because I was fucking metal singer, <laughs> and it took time for me to to learn how to. I've never had a vocal like training. Uh, training. Like that. uh, that's oh. I just was been singing. So. It, that why uh, that's why I'm incredibly happy that it happened because it was my school. I learned everything, and there I realized like, aha, this is a market. There's events and people hiring and people paying. Like, mm. and then I realized that there are a huge market of r- those days Russian weddings. So it's 2011, 2012, and I was like, oh, there's no band even who plays modern Russian music for those many Russian weddings who are here. They've been just DJs, and that's it. So I founded the band. And in 2012, I founded the band. And, like, from that year, of course, with many, 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 many changes, I'm incredibly happy that we grew into solid name, which I'm trying to maintain as hard as I can right now. Not only, of course, not only me, my team, but, like, we're working our asses off that it will stay. Mm. But uh, the name of the band is Aurora Party Band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like when I came, we just started to talk about it, and I want to mention it. But I'm still fighting incredibly, which I hate the most. But I'm still fighting with with it, and I still have hope that in Czech Republic, party bands, cover bands, they are on the bottom of the error here of music error here, which is completely bullshit. And I'm still not getting why. Mm. Because, of course, I looked on the bands in U.S. or England, UK, you know, they're amazing. And I know that people going through auditions, hard auditions to get in that band because it's a solid professional level of performing. It's solid money. It's it's awesome. Mm. And plus, I was thinking from the very beginning, I was naive. And I think, oh, my God, musicians would be happy to do that because you're playing covers. You can learn them, have, uh, like... 
pretty stable income and then you can do on those money make your original music and they will be happy about it and mm. they are not and that's still such a huge issue because musicians doesn't realize that this is good job it's nothing mm. bad on it if you trained as a musicians why not to do that it, those are songs what we're playing made from the best producers and best musicians in the world what's wrong with that and of course if you're writing like incredible jazz compositions or any kind of original music that's awesome but you mm. still can do that but mm. make money with us yeah i mean no no wedding would survive a jazz performance no they would divorce if somebody would come and play original jazz there exactly so but but, but I, it's I not because it's not because they're bad musicians or no, something no, no, but no. they somehow treating pop music that it's nothing mm. and but for example jazz is everything but actually it's so hard to play pop music like really is some songs are incredibly hard to not play but just put together that it will sound good yeah and get the atmosphere that, yes, that it it's, should it's create it's, it's still it's still recall like requests your skills your energy your whatever what you for example i don't know learned in in here in conservatory because conservatory here in Czech Republic it's college and it's still not mm. and i don't know how to fight with this and it's very sad for me that there we, it's very hard and I, i at the same time they say in every business the the half of the success of the business is people mm. if you will find the right people You'll be fine, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but it's an interesting thing because uh, yeah, before we started recording, I was telling you about this, that I have a lot of friends mm -hmm. in the music business in, in Iceland and, and actually the one that has, or the ones that have made the most money have actually <coughs> played most of the cover songs yeah. and uh, and they were the ones that got the gigs because they, they got to play where people wanted to dance, they got to yes. play in private parties. I mean... <coughs> for me, I'm sorry, for me, it's kind of natural feeling. You have a client who is inviting you, paying you money. Why mm. you will not play something what they love nicely for them because they're paying you money? I'm not mm. getting, you know, even that message why musicians are mad about it. Or I really hate when musicians are saying, ah, I will probably crap, they will not hear the difference. And I was like, but, uh, but it's it's so bizarre for me. It's, mm -hmm. it's very under, like, I... It's a crap, really, honestly. But and are the are you then like do uh, other musicians here? They, they they look down on this. They don't want to talk to you, or or, or how? how no, I mean, like everyone. We have a very weird situation. Mm. A lot of musicians say, oh "My God, we heard about you. Oh my God, you're so good." And I say, "Do you want to play with us?" Yeah, but I have five more bands. And mm. when they will play with us? Because they think in Czech Republic, majorly they think that. Ah, we will just play something. It just covers. And recently, for example, recently the gig happened and it was horrible. Mm. And it was very, I will not, of course, say the name. It was very good, well-known jazz musician playing with us. But because it was pop songs, he just jammed all the gig. He mm. didn't have the uh, bass lines at all. Not even almost in one song. I can, from one point of view, I can understand him because it, it's just one concert because he was substituting. But at the same time, why you would do that? Mm. Because when I'm singing, I orient on the whole melody. And for example, there's in a lot of songs nowadays in modern, their bass line is the main line. There's no guitar solos mm. or something. Mm. And when he didn't play it, and I was like, <gasps> 
then I, you don't have I anything was lost. to yeah, the you can't song sing with anything. was sounding different the whole band sounded different mm. and i was like why they do that but i don't think they realize that they're affecting the final result this way they are mm. not thinking about it even they're like why i played <laughs> you know like uh, i it was right notes but in different order <laughs> but so you so you start this as a your your target group was Russian weddings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it has become much bigger than that. Yeah, I mean because in 2014 the war started and the Russian weddings and rubles started to fall, mm-hmm. and they just started to disappear. Mm-hmm. The Crimean War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And we were like, oh, what we will do now? And we started to present ourselves. We shot the promo, uh, which we've been incredibly lucky to to do this way as we did. I think as well, it was some in some way it was kind of karma, and. Uh, we just put it on YouTube, and <laughs> I just, I just put it. Honestly, it was me uh, because uh, when I was as well like you, doing marketing research and mm. like what's going on and looking up on those bands, as I said in US and whatever UK, and I realized that people most of the time, even myself, I'm typing the best party band like in UK, for example, and I just type, <laughs> I just named our video the best party band in Europe. It was <laughs> it's incredibly yeah, stupid that I did it. Mm. And it worked. And But it worked completely different as we've been thinking. We thought that, you know, Czech peoples or Slovaks or whatever, we'll see it. Some Or, you know, at least we put it in English because I'm not Czech. But we started to get a request from Americans who having a f- uh, wedding in Italy, from Swiss guys who having having Ita- like wedding mm-hmm. in France, you know, those kind of things. And like, what the hell is going on? But it was very stressful from the beginning because we just started to do this. And then I was so thankful that I saw it because I saw how Italian organizers work, how like wedding event agencies, big ones, small ones, how they operate. Like in, we've been everywhere. We've been on big corporates and tiny weddings, like everywhere. So we've been Cyprus, Amsterdam, uh, Sicily, oh no, Sicily, Sardinia, Ibiza. Uh, like in Italy, we've mm. been five times. France, we've been two times. In Nice, in uh, in Bordeaux, uh, we've been multiple times. Of course, in Austria, in Germany. So Cyprus is maybe I said, but like it, yeah, it yeah, we yeah, traveled, yeah, 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 yeah. and I was so thankful for that experience because I. But then it just uh, it made completely solid statement in me. Like we have to be good. You just cannot even enter this competition if you're just coming to the wedding and playing whatever gems mm. in your hat in this tune, like in this, you know, key. It No, no, no. You really have to put your effort in that. And it's very hard to find people who would see the same picture as us. So, but again, I'm not blaming people. It's just very sad for me mm. because it's... it's <laughs> yeah, but your success. Exhausting. I mean, it's it's been, and I, I I've been following you for a while. You're Thank you, you. you're very active, and you're very. You pu- you put a lot of effort into this. I uh, still somehow uh, I I don't know if someone else feel this way, but when I'm singing on someone else's wedding, I'm incredibly thankful mm. to clients. Not because they're paying us money, but because they let us be. We don't know them; they're complete strangers for us and mm. for them. But they let us be a part of their very intimate, you know, private time in their lives, maybe which never will even, you know, uh, repeat. And I'm so thankful because every time it's a gorgeous places, it's a gorgeous atmosphere, it's beautiful people. And I'm thankful to them that they let me be a part of it. And Mm. I'm thankful because it's beautiful. Mm. It's lovely. And 
that's why I'm thinking why I would be mad at them or something, you know, it's or I'm not getting the the intentions of musicians. I, I see it. I want to make those people happy. Why mm. not? Even mm. you know, it's it's so even bizarre. I will just sing something and they will be happy. It's just so what? But it, it just makes it them happy, so why not to do that? But how does it feel like this that you say that you 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 sing for people and and, and it, do you get the energy back from them? Not every time. No. It, some a lot of times. For example, Russians, Czechs, Slovaks. I don't know what nationalities. Also, they have. They need to have much more longer time to start to part party. To drink more, you mean? Yeah. Um, sometimes yes. Sometimes mm. no. They just need more time, and. If, for example, some not a maybe some the best organizer putting us uh, very early, it doesn't make any sense. You know, we we playing, but nothing is going on, mm. and uh, then it's hard because you're singing in front of the empty yeah, dance floor, uh, for yeah, example, for an hour, sitting, and there is yeah. no one. But then, when they're on the second or third set, when they're coming back, they're not letting go. And then it's like, oh, guys, where have you been the first hour? Like mm-hmm. first hour. But anyway, so uh, it's very rare. I think from it's already nine years, and I experienced like very weird atmosphere. Only twice, only when people been sitting, they could not. There was no dance floor. It was in Berlin, and it was it's a place called Winter Garden, and they it's a huge stage, but they had tables. They've been having dinner. And they could not dance, and it was weird because we've been playing the full band, you know, with a full force, like dancing songs, and people just sitting and looking at you. Mm. <laughs> but that's I can, weird. Bl- yeah, yeah, that's just weird. But mm. I didn't, I don't blame them at all. And uh, because it was some carpet. And um, second time, it was um, what was it, my guy? Oh. It was some wedding when we played inside, but people been outside, and no one even told them that there is band inside. And when they've been all, all only passing us, like, oh my god, there is a band! Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was kind of even funny. So we played again, like for an hour, in complete empty room. Only after they pro- because the weather was awesome, you know. At the same yeah. time, I cannot blame them. Why to be inside yeah. where the band plays? It was not our choice as well to play inside. They just put us there because it was many, many, you know, organizational reasons why. But they just came later. But uh, how how so? You say that you know, like you f- feel this, uh, let's say, pride or, or or gratitude for being part of 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 people's special day. You know, like this intimate yes, moment of yeah, being yeah, in a wedding. Yeah. But has have you ever been somewhere like I don't know, like where I don't know where they started to fight or or you know, like has there been any? Have you ever s- seen something? I uh, thanks God I've never saw anything like really bad. Mm. Most of the weddings are amazing. Like uh, most of events are majorly like really cool. Mm. But <laughs> once, uh, but it turned out pretty good thing as well. Once drunken dad of a bride fell on our mixing console and broke it. Uh-huh. So they should buy a new one. They ah. did. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> yes. I'm just, uh, by the way, you're going to fall on mine <laughs> yeah, after we record it <laughs> okay. and you need to buy me a new one. But you really did. So, And uh, maybe once it was crazy story because, uh, oh, it was kind of funny story. Like funny, sad, but funny. There was in Germany, mm. there is quite a lot of Russian singers who've been popular in 80s or 90s in Soviets. 
and they immigrated and live in Germany. And sometimes people like calling them to sing in a wedding because they remember that from their you know youth, yeah. majorly parents of those newlyweds. And there was one guy who had been incredibly popular in Russia, and he came, but he probably already an alcoholic mm. because he got drunk. No one even noticed how. And he did pretty horrible like thing. He just came to the saxophone player, took his that wouldn't stick, yeah, and he ran outside and threw it in the bushes. <laughs> this sounds like a cool guy. And it was because, of course, they started to fight. Second thing, without that thing, the saxophone yeah, player can't play it. And third thing, that it, I didn't know that they doing them for like custom made those yeah. things. So, <laughs> but it was sad and. Horrible and funny and at the bizarre, same time. Yeah. But how how so you said like when you when you did that first gig in Carlo Barrio on this Grand Hotel Pop, um, uh, you needed to learn thirty two songs. Yeah. How how does a wedding band or let's say a, the best how does the best party band in Europe <laughs> how many songs do you know? Uh, because we change setups, unfortunately, when our the best setup, as I might say, uh, we knew 120, wow. but we've been rehearsing three times a week. Mm -hmm. And then one guy went to Los Angeles because he got a scholarship in uh, some inst like music institute or something. The other guy went to Norway because we've been always dreaming to live in Norway. Uh, he's completely nomad. He's amazing. Mm. So, but anyway. So, and 120 after songs. Yeah. And after that, because uh, of the people changing in a band, we have, I think, around 45 stable, but it's not enough. Mm. Not enough at all. We can learn fast. That's that's nice. That's it's really we already know. You know, know how to do that. We already like get used to that. That scale is there. But I would love to have that freedom that you're not re like rehearsing the same songs to the to the event every time. But you really can improvise on stage. But yeah, yeah, to, to yeah, yeah to play into the atmosphere. Yeah, we we cannot do that still. Mm -hmm. Not but 45 songs is still a lot. I mean, like that's like it's five nice. albums. It's yes, but on the event, it's nothing. It's mm. simply nothing. Even right now, uh, <laughs> my boyfriend on Wednesday he will play with um, uh, amazing singer Dushan Marco. He he's friend mm. of ours mm. and he's mm. close friend mm. of Dashi. And yeah, Dushan and and Marley, yes, Marley Wild yes, thing. She yes. was on my. So actually, this is a so super small world. Yeah, of course. Oh my God, expat. So Marley Wild Thing was here. Awesome. And Dashi Stardust was here, and now I have Ulina <laughs> Yelena. So my boyfriend will play with them on uh, uh, Wednesday. He's a drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. He's a drummer. And um, what I want to say, oh my God, what we've been talking. We were about? talking oh, about how many and songs. He said, and he said, like, oh my God, we'll play forty-five minutes, and like, what for? It's nothing. He, yeah, it's nothing. It's, that's nine songs. Yeah, and he was like. What? And he's like, maybe I just completely forgot that it's a normal gig. Put the microphone a little bit closer okay. to you. <laughs> Sorry. You, you knocked it away. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, but uh, is there never anyone who's like, oh, I want to play the drums in one song? You know, like, I don't know. Like yes, of course. But we, um, it depends who is asking. 
if mm. the guy's asking, for example, like, really, I'm a drummer, and you can see that he's not so drunk, he's mm. r- like probably a drummer, so why not? But when someone is really, really drunk, of course, you will do whatever, I will use all my charms or whatever, blah, mm. blah, 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 that just to, to get him away. Yeah. Because it's just. I cannot be mad at those people. They're having a good time. Yeah. It's not their fault. Maybe alcohol is talking. But I honestly, we don't have those uh, situations much. Mm. Somehow people re- like respect us in this way. And it's nice. The only thing that they're not getting, they're always coming like, sing this song. And I was like, I'm sorry, I don't know that song. How oh, you don't know that song? For example, yeah, of course, it, but it's kind of uh, funny because we think like, I'm sorry, we're like, I'm not, I would never say it, but. It's funny that they think that we're a jukebox, like that they, you you can ask any song and the whole band will play it. Unfortunately, we would love to maybe one day, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just not possible. But that, yeah, I actually wanted to to hear how that is, you know, like um, because I guess people have some special and uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious, like if someone is organizing a wedding, yeah, would they ever say like, okay, we would like to to play more pop? Than rock or more rock than pop. Yes, I they do. Yeah, uh-huh. I I ask them. I ask them, please, uh, okay. guys, tell us what you like, uh-huh. or tell us what you definitely don't like. Maybe okay. it will make things easier. So they have or maybe a list to the to exactly. Give uh-huh. Right now with the Spotify, it's very easy. They're just putting Spotify list, and where you're just looking like, aha, okay. So and then you can choose what songs you will perform and what, for example, DJ will c- play that it will all have the same atmosphere. Uh-huh. So it's kind of it's kind of fine. <laughs> the only thing that it's kind of funny that generations changing, but the hit songs are always the hit same, songs. yeah, the same over and over. Do you do the Greece, uh, all the songs from Greece? You know, uh, usually DJ is playing that. I, uh-huh. We never we never perform it because you can go no. into a discotheque For anywhere in, in the world, yes, and they yeah, will play Greece, yes, especially in Czech Republic, yeah. But um, like for me, for example, I don't know the best songs which worked. Every time it's call me maybe mm. the best from Tina Turner, mm-hmm. rolling in the deep. Yeah, I've seen you. I've you seen know, all of these songs on your video. Yes, yeah, so, but that's why because it's the most um, feedback you're getting from uh, from people from the audience, and mm. it was like I love to sing those anyway mm. <laughs> because I'm I'm happy that they are okay with my expression because i sing it pretty aggressively and i know that maybe it's not the best way to perform those songs but this is the way i feel mm. you and make I'm them yours yeah mm. i first thing i'm always uh, thinking about the lyrics i'm thinking singing always mm. i'm trying to tell the story and uh probably people reacting to that i don't know but mm. anyway so i'm happy that they liking the way i do that mm. it's, it's nice but how is it when you have to play Rolling in the Deep for the fifth time okay. in the same... It's okay. Totally okay. Every time, because I'm trying to make it fun for myself as well. I'm trying to change something to... Mm. to Not the tone, but expression or some mood. Emphasis or, or some, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or imagine different persons I'm singing this song to, you know, because I'm really imagining someone I'm singing it to. And I had, a, like, I had boyfriends, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> so just... So I'm really living through this every song because it's fun for me. So when you sing Call Me Maybe... Yes, I really imagine like I'm flirting with someone. (laughs) It's kind of fun. But uh, because it's interesting what you say because I I read an interview with Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones and, you know, like uh, the guy is 80 years old or Mm -hmm. whatever and he's played all these songs a billion times. But he, he said, every time I perform these songs, 
I'm trying something new. Yes. Or I'm trying to yeah. do it a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. And I, when I saw this, I was like, wow, that's dedication, <laughs> you know? But at the same time, it's, it's just the way it makes fun for me. Why would I not do mm. that for myself? Mm. Like, why I would board myself, you know? Mm. Or again, why I would do that for people who trusted me with their lifetime event and money? Like, this mm. is making sense for me. And and how was how was it uh, how was the money? This is it's good money. I mean, yeah. I guess if someone yeah. is willing to fly you to Sardinia to to uh, perform in a wedding, they they pay. Yeah, they do. But because we don't have um, how to say, we're uh, it's kind of <laughs> we kind of in the same situation as Chinese products. Like they quality, but they're cheaper. Mm. So the those local organizers calling us because we know that we're a little, yeah, yeah. a little bit, but still cheaper. Mm. But at the same time, uh, that the the topest level of market is unbelievable. Really, mm. you would you would be shocked. What? But those productions are amazing. Mm. Like for example, there was one band from France. There were several bands in France, which are top 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 they're more show bands than cover bands of course they have you know dancers like 14 people on stage amazing singers dressed crazily like light show sound of course and one band came to prague and they i think they cost 50,000 euros it's a cover band mm -hmm. it's a cover show mm -hmm. but they came with a whole truck of equipment you know so it it's in the end if when you will calculate it it's not that much Mm. And probably because they're so expensive, they cannot sell themselves like so often. So if they will have I don't know ten gigs a year, probably it will pay mm. out. So, but it's it's actually incredibly a lot of money and effort you have to put in before you will have something back. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when we been our like in our our one of the best times. Probably in 2017, 18. I mean, best times we had the most gigs. Mm. We've been playing around 50, 60 gigs a year. Fuck yeah. It hell. was awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. But then you can rely on it. You can make a living with it. You know, okay. But anyway, you're making money not just to spend it. You're investing it in new equipment and mm. new microphones. And like yeah, you and have you to invest your time. Yeah, I mean, you're rehearsal. rehearsing yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, in mm. the end, actually, it's quite paid out like a normal job, like mm. good position, mm. but you're doing something you really, really love and you're mm. master of your own time, which is, the, I still love. And, mm. that. So, uh, and you're singing, which yeah, you always yeah, wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, like this, I cannot, like that, that people will understand that you cannot sell something which is not quality enough for a big money. So, and you won't sell it again if it's shit. You exactly. Know, so yeah. it's anyway. It's every time. It's kind of it's a struggle, like to to keep the name, to show people that it's worth it, to not mm -hmm. drop it down anyhow. Like just really make it better every time. Because if you're not moving anywhere forward, you're just you're moving. Yeah, and backwards. you don't have you don't have like a catalog of albums where you can think like okay, oh, okay, exactly. we had a, we had a shitty yeah, we yeah. had a shitty two two yeah. weeks of touring, yeah, and uh, we were drinking too much yeah. and everything was shitty. But at least we have those 15 albums out there so people will still come to our concert. You actually no, need yeah. to fight for yeah, every fucking yeah. gig, right? It's also, yeah, for every fucking gig. And also, you have to be in touch with all the partners and clients you've been before because you never know who will like remember about you. Mm. So you have to do constant research. What is going on? What are the trends on yeah, events or on weddings? Yeah. It's just... Uh, it's 
not a hard job, but it's not easy at all. No. You just really have to always be aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And it doesn't mean that you will get it. Mm. It's just sometimes not happening. For example, I was my second big job in Prague in Czech Republic was I I become an actress. I was doing commercials, mm. and it it it's the music market for me. It's completely like a lottery. It's the same as the castings and commercial yeah, shootings. Yeah. It's a lottery. You, you go to 50 castings and you might get one job. If you will be lucky, yeah. Mm. And even on that one job, you can, you know, your episode will be cut out and you will left mm. with nothing. It's the same. So you have to really fight for this. Mm. But when you will gra- like get it, it doesn't mean that you will get it next time. Mm. And at the same time, you have to just grab this success kind of yeah. and improve it to be able to offer this agency something new next year because it's not for them it's for the final client because agency want to look good as well they want to offer clients something new so mm. you have to deliver something new so mm. it's it's constant you know yeah, like yeah. that spinning w- up somehow yeah 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 i i, I went my first casting i actually done a lot of <laughs> casting my first casting i actually Me got too. got the role yeah and i was so arrogant that because they didn't offer me the main role in a TV commercial, <laughs> I said no. What? And I, and I thought, oh, I'll just get another one next week. And oh. and then, of course, you know, I had to wait for months before I got yeah. the next one. You know, I was so stupid. And it was a big, like, a t- American <laughs> TV, you know. I'm and sorry. I could have made a lot of money off it. Yeah. And uh, I yeah. was lucky. Like, commercial saved my life here. I was completely broke. And one commercial for Rixona deodorant, like, really saved my ass. Uh-huh. So I really, yeah. But I did like for three and a half years, I was lucky and I was doing quite a lot of commercial. I think I was calculating around 20. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But how it started, this way it's ended. It Mm. just ended one day. I'm still going to castings. I'm still having callbacks and I had no roles. But I Mm. think because I'm getting older, Mm. so I'm maybe not that pretty anymore. I don't know. Like it could be anything. It could be maybe I lost that, you know, fire in my eyes i don't know it could be anything mm. you know that mm. uh, but at the same time i was so happy because when i started to have less and less and less uh shootings i had more and more and more gigs with the band so mm. it's kind of somehow balanced mm. um have you seen that movie the wedding singer uh with adams sandler yeah i think i did but a really long time ago it's a good movie i need yeah. to I, you okay. I, I, no i i don't i don't remember it i me just too, remember it was too. fun you know i need, yeah, I need yeah, to yeah. watch it again now yeah, because he has nice sweet soft yeah. like silly movies yeah. yeah and and i guess covid has fucked up this business a little bit oh my god it did oh my god, so maybe you should have a divorce band <laughs> because the COVID is creating <laughs> yeah. a lot of divorces. Actually, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I really think, but at the same time, I know right now, there is a huge wave, at least what's going on right now, that people are so bored and mm. so amidst the, the parties and oh, yes. uh, like so much that they right now, they, they they want them, but they don't have that much, mu- much money as before. Mm. So right now we're trying to offer something smaller, some set up with a DJ, set up with a mm. saxophone, not the full band, you know, like... You have to change anyway because mm. market is changing. Mm. Someone sometimes unpredictably, you know. Mm. What's your favorite musician or singer? I don't have those. I r- love m- lots of them. I mm. really because. Well, who do you like to sing most? Oh God, Th- those questions I would never. It's the same if you would ask me, like I don't know, sing some song. I just cannot it's no. millions of them and i love them all for different different reasons, reasons. Mm. 
Um, yeah, I think we're gonna. I think we're done. You know, like, uh, but but yeah, l- maybe one last thing about the music. I mean, d- are you creating any music on your I own? I do write my songs. Uh-huh. I do, but I, I'm not so productive. So mm. all in all, I have maybe like through all my life, I kind of wrote like seven songs mm-hmm. or something like that. And but you I ever want to do something with them? Do you? Think I love to do something with them. I've never had an opportunity. It's a kind of curse of my life. I'm always surrounded by musicians but i've never found anyone who would do music with me and it's okay it's mm. totally okay i can't understand it's just not happening and uh maybe one day i would love to do that um, i was dreaming about it because i was even feeling weird like i'm a singer but i don't have my own songs like it's it's bizarre it's a bit even i i do have them mm. i just have to like finish them record them produce them so they're just kind of like an idea so i have a lot, a lot of lyrics or like just uh, you know even just ideas for the song for the mm-hmm. lyric just saved in my uh, like voice notes in my just simple notes like so many of them but when you're running around trying to make a living yeah uh, yeah then yeah, it's hard it's to dedicate it's, time it's for quite this, you know. hard to create so that's why this mm-hmm. is the 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 kind of normal thing for like modern people that you do so many things at, at once that you don't have time for yourself in some mm. way mm. um yeah and then you, you were you're thinking about that book to write that book as we talked yeah. about um, about narcissism yeah. or, or or love uh, it's about prob- like yeah like n- not loving mothers and about that 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 all which is surrounds us because right now they're uh, publishing books for example i have a book at home which called mean mothers mm. or my sister sent it to me she's like pretty nice one and <laughs> it's just you you just reading it and you're realizing oh so it's real it's not my imagination yeah, yeah, i'm it's not, not alone with this yes i'm not alone with this so mm. but um there's so much cruelty around actually my childhood soviet childhood in some way mm. that that I would love to talk about it, like mm. uh, in general, that people just will know. They it doesn't necessarily they will like it, but they will just know that it's this is there. It's the same as with the movement, you know, Me Too movement. Just people not comfortable Getting, to talk yeah, about it, yeah. but you have to because mm. if you're silent, nothing will change. Mm. You have to talk about it. At least people will start to be aware of and it. And it's therapy as well for you oh to my get God, it out. Yeah, you know, yeah. even it's pretty sh- like it's. It's hard to do, mm. like to open about. Th- you're probably the first person publicly I told about my parents. Mm. So, uh, do you want me to delete this? No, it's recording. like it's part of life. At least exactly. so maybe someone will hear mm. it and like, Get oh my god, I had yeah. yeah. At least they will feel maybe that they're not alone too. Mm. <sighs> wow, Uliana, Yelena. <laughs> But it's weird. You say Yelena, so there's no J in front of the E. But anyway, where can people know more about you? Where can they follow you? Where is your band? What? what so at least on YouTube, best party band in <laughs> Europe. And then they'll find you for sure, yeah, right? For promo from 2015. Uh, so but I've watched that promo, actually. See? I, I saw, yeah. So uh, Facebook. Mm. Uliana Yelena, because I'm doing singer and I'm a manager of the band. I will have also all your all these contacts in awesome, the uh, awesome. o- okay, episode okay, description. Okay. But, but so but Instagram, Aurora Party Band, or Yelena Uliana Official, or SoundCloud, Uliana Yelena. There you can find my songs. Um, what else? What else? What else? YouTube. There's a YouTube channel, right? Like YouTube as well, like our party band. We don't have much 
videos recently, but we've been planning that we finally will put something out. Mm. And again, I have to cut the videos because uh, yeah, I have my own vision. So guys who have been cutting it, I was every time like, no, <laughs> so I have to redo it. Oh, you're a control freak. Uh, no, I just know what people like. triggered with or mm. they like. Mm. So there should be someone who actually doing commercials to cut the videos of a party band because you have to show mm. that energy, show the best yeah. moves. And but that's a good quality for someone who is actually performing for people. I, I hope so. But anyway, mm. so it, it not everyone feeling it, and it's not there. It's not a mistake. I was just mm. like, every time I go, oh crap, <laughs> so uh -huh. I have to redo it. So, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, yeah. um, MySpace. I had MySpace many years yeah, ago. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, I, I I was very stupid. I I, I only friended midgets. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it got me into some major trouble. There, I always had a problem with social media. They're always trying to kind of push me out oh because my God. I don't know because I'm not actually a bad person, but I sometimes say something really stupid. <laughs> uh, guys, that are if you're still awake and listening, then uh, and you if you like what you heard, then go and review the 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 show on Apple Podcasts and give it five stars. Like, don't accept any reviews under five stars, and. Uh, then follow the show on Facebook. That's the bunker. How the hell did we end up here? And then uh, Instagram bunker Prague or the bunker Prague. <laughs> and uh, I have a YouTube channel as well. The bunker. How the hell did we end up here? Which is not really big, but it's 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 there. It's growing, and and the, some of the videos are getting some some views. I mean, it's not like a video. It's still pictures of me, and then the sound of 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 me and the guest. It's really high quality production. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I Thank think you so I much. Think, yeah, You're I think awesome. Good. I hope. I hope. Yeah. So, you promised me to send me some yeah, of your music, yeah, and I'll yeah. I hope that I can put that on the episode. So, what happens after we say goodbye now is probably sung by Ulian. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. 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 After we recorded, I got a call from, or a yeah, voice message from Uliana that she had some doubts about um, some part of, of the recording with uh, regards to the band and the involvement of her boyfriend, who's the drummer in her band. So uh, let's hear what she said. And then I told her that I thought it would just be best that I would just play whatever she recorded to me. So here you go. Hi, sure. I just <laughs> I just felt that it's not fair that I didn't talk about him because honestly uh, it wasn't the way karma for me as well that I met him and that we had the same vision and we built it. We could, he could not do that without me. I could not do that definitely 100% without him ever. So because he's He's perfectionist, he knows a lot about sound, he learned a lot about sounding the band, the building, the the setups, the how everything, all of it should work, that we will deliver quality every time we go even 1,700 kilometers far. He was creating not only sound setups, 
but uh, versions depending on what music we play he designing what lights we will use how it will be and actually we could do much more he could do much more create much more if we would be a little bit more lucky on the musicians who are playing with us and they would realize that <coughs> It's a tons of work and it's tons of money invested. So, but that's why I really think that he appreciated to talk about him, definitely. His name is Pavel. He's 35, he's a drummer, he's an amazing drummer. And the funny part that he was as well, <laughs> analyst in a uh, in couple of companies, including expats to Z actually. It's kind of funny. Funny in a way that we're uh, very similar in our background. Both grew up in suburbs. Both started music because we just we fell this way. He never studied drumming <laughs> except musical school, but it doesn't count. And he started in a punk and metal bands as well as me. His full name is Pavel Nemec. He's Czech. <laughs> His grandma is from Slovak. So. And I, I love the guy, so yes, that's the main point. Somehow, because you're living with someone and working with someone, you're just becoming one in some way. And when I'm talking about me, I always think about him as well. I mean him, but it's just, it just was my mistake that I didn't talk about him because he's a separate person and because the way he uh, adding the value to the project is completely his uh his treasure he's sharing with me and we're together for nine years already and we met when i was looking for a drummer for a band and first what pavel did when i found him he said no but only like in a half a year after when we started dating and the first kind of client came around and i said dude let, let's do that we can do that and somehow we started and here we are right now but also he's for example behavior those days been because in czech republic party bands are the lowest quality what you can get which is quite sad and last but not least <laughs> just please try to really fill it in i i I'm really feeling sore in front of him and I don't want him to be mad at me and that he will think even that somehow I'll forget about him. It, it's my biggest fear right now and I don't want it. Thank you so much! That was amazing! <laughs> so that's it guys. Thanks for listening.